welcome to the Conjecture and a Horrorist podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey, guys. And I'm your host, Rob. How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Do- <laughs> doing all right. <laughs> well, it's about 109 degrees outside, so I'm doing as well as anyone can do in that situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think we've all had like super hot temperatures everywhere. I mean, I don't know where it's not having hot temperatures right now. You know, I, I saw somebody on Twitter like take a picture of snow and I'm like, where are you at? They're in Oz. They're in Oz. <laughs> They're in Oz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although I feel like I'm the only one with a background, a Zoom background that's not absolutely freaking terrifying. Like my mine looks artistic and kind of French Nouveau. Your guys is... is I can't, I'm so distracted. I'm so distracted. Well, I chose mine because I feel like I can stand in the middle and it's the lion and the scarecrow, you know, my buds. So just Mm -hmm. seemed to go with my outfit, my getup. Do you have something against the Tin Man? Why is he not included? I don't know why he's not there. Oh, Mm -hmm. he was too busy hacking his limbs off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I have a quote from the movie. They literally say that in this movie. It's crazy. I'm going to need you to repeat that one too. Cause I, I totally missed it when we watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of backgrounds, uh, my background is, uh, is I actually was able to create a gift on zoom and, and put it like behind me. So it's like a little Dorothy in the, I don't know. Is it a, not a sane asylum. It's the, uh, uh just yeah. A, it is. Yeah. yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. Doctor doctor's office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i don't so think I, so no yeah i got i got that in my background right now so it's kind of like her sitting on the bed in her in her patient room uh that has a, like a little like lights flickering um and i'm dressed like a patient um i put patient 31 you know referencing uh, the head number in this and i think it's her actual room number oh wow uh, yeah, and so I got a little bit of blood on my temples from my electrotherapy that that went sm- very very smoothly, went very smooth. You know, I don't I don't remember what happened, but it's okay. Um, yeah, and then I got some shackles on my arms, so you know I, I'm trying to see if I can escape with her and 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 go to Oz too and kind of chill for a bit. You know, <laughs> I'm digging the straight jacket. Like whatever you're wearing, it looks mm-hmm. it looks like a like a straight up straight jacket. It's a straight jacket. It's a straight jacket I had. Yeah. Oh, okay. I had it. Just... I had. I had one in my closet to chill in there. You know. Nice. You nice. never know when you're gonna need a straight jacket, so it's okay. It, I'm confused. It's a white t-shirt. What? Laura, what you're ruining. You're ruining the. Yes, yeah, it's just a white t-shirt. <laughs> but oh, Greg, okay. Greg actually thinks it's a straight jacket. I'm confused. You know what? I don't know why because you know, like white t-shirts usually are thin and they have like a flowy like. At, you know characteristic to them yours looks very stiff like it's mm-hmm. thick like it's a jacket that's called my know. body yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying it looks like a like a sturdy fabric i'm a sturdy man so that's about right you know <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> All right, Greg. Stop talking because I'm going to be able to make a joke whatever you say. So let's just let's just transition to uh, <laughs> to what Greg's wearing here. Uh, Greg, what are you what are you wearing? Oh, you know my my background's not as creepy as is these two. It's like this oil painting of of the movie. It looks great. Um, and I'm dressed as uh, an ornament, an emerald ornament from from this movie. Mm-hmm. So I've got I've got the green theme going. Nice, nice. nice. Uh, Laura, did you say what your outfit was, though? I don't remember. <laughs> I've already had my whole cocktail during our team meeting, oh, so I, that's true. I don't know. Yeah, what yeah. Laura, Laura's dressed like Dorothy. She looks like Dorothy. She has the pigtails and everything like that. Uh, yeah, 
So she looks With good. blue ribbon. Yeah, it looks Yes, good. the little mm-hmm. bows. Pretty on point. Yeah. yeah, good job. Good job. Yeah, you should have had your cat come in. It could have been like your little uh little hen or something like that, you know? My little Toto. Mm-hmm. Or your <laughs> what was her name in this movie? Uh Belina? Little Belina? Yeah, Belina. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm very happy that all of the animals survived in this movie. <laughs> mm, I know, me too. I was getting nervous when Toto was getting close to that tire wheel. I was like, hey, back up, Toto, back up. Don't get me in trouble again, all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's see what everybody's drinking now. Let's see what everybody's drinking tonight. Let me get the drop going here. What's in the cups? All right, so what are you, what are you drinking, Dorothy? I am drinking a sour Emerald City. It is... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually vodka and gin, so that's fun. Uh, and some sparkling lemonade, and I added just a little bit of green food coloring, which gave it this awesome emerald green color. Cheers. Nice, nice. Uh, what about you, Greg? Uh, what, do, what are you drinking there, Ornament? I've got, a, this is what's called a P-Gnome Green Geo. <laughs> so this movie, this movie is supposed to be a kid's movie, so I grabbed my kid's sippy cup, and I just filled it with a bunch of Pinot. Mm-hmm. White. Stop it right now. Put that there up against the ice. screen so I can see it better. Oh my God, that is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Got, nice. got mm-hmm. a quite a hefty pour here, too. Good job. Good job. Nice, that was nice. really creative. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Man. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, I'm just drinking some kind of similar to Greg, kind of going on, like trying to create an idea from a drink, you know. I'm drinking just some straight Jack Pumpkinhead Daniels. So I'm just drinking some <laughs> some Jack Pumpkinhead Daniels right here. So out of my cup. So. You know what would have been nice. awesome ah, if mm-hmm. you would have done Jack and like a pumpkin beer. That would have been. Then I really would be committed because I probably would be passed out somewhere. Oh, come on, man. That's, that sounds like a lot. A beer and an alcohol? Um, oh, man. This is my every week. What are you talking about? <laughs> We've already said multiple times we're not you, Laura. We can't hang with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into some updates now. You know, any listener comments, questions, anything like that from previous shows, any information? Um, I don't think we really got anything as far as listeners goes. You guys got, guys got anything from listeners or anything like that? I don't have anything from a listener, but I, I asked my husband on the spot who would be your four badass bitches for Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. And he literally was so distraught. You said you broke my brain. I actually <laughs> broke his brain. He was like, I need a week to think about this. This is a very serious question. <laughs> so I just thought that was funny. It, it is a hard question. It's a good one, though. I know that that was going to bring me to the main thing I want to talk about from previous show was the, you know, yeah, on the, your, your next episode, uh, we did the our Mount Rushmore of badass bitches. I was going to ask you guys, does anybody want to do a, you know, an, 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 an amendment, you know, namely Greg, <laughs> namely Greg, does Greg want to sure change, change yeah. any of his people in there? He just picked a bunch of random mothers for some reason. Now that I know that we can pick from like a full range. Yeah. I can mm-hmm. revive, I can, I can change my whole Mount Rushmore. All right, you want to come up with a new one on the spot right now? Okay, I'm going to say I still believe that Ripley is on, like, Mount Everest. So she's on her own mountain. I can't put her there. So I'm going to say Celine from Underworld. She's got to be there. She's she's badass. Ooh. Um, Not not bad on the eyes either. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nope. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How about, uh, about, what's her face? Trinity from Matrix. From the Matrix. Oh, okay. Shit. All right. She yeah. kicked okay. ass. Mm-hmm. I think you're going with a leather theme right now. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I may. I'm trying to think of like just women in leather right now. Yeah, I know. I'm into yeah. it. You went from mothers to leather. So you're going the opposite spectrum now. Yeah. Oh, man. Did uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the third woman in leather. And I'm going to say, <laughs> um, 
Oh my God. What's, I can't remember the actress's name, but she's from that Tom Cruise movie, Edge of, Edge oh, of Tomorrow. Is it uh, Emily Blunt? It's Emily Blunt. Emily oh. Blunt, yeah. Where she's got like that, she's got that leather soldier suit and she just whoops ass. Um, oh, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wait, it's not leather. I think she's actually like in a robot suit. Maybe I'm just imagining her in leather. I think she's in like military. <laughs> yeah, she's like in military car. Mili- yeah. You need Cancel to go take what a, I just you, said. You need, you need to take a break, Greg, and go to the bathroom for a bit while you imagine that. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. You know, I got to admit, Emily Blunt is like my my actual woman crush. I know that people probably think it's Aaron from your next mm. after that episode, but no, mm. Emily Blunt, she's where it's at, man. She does this movie, that movie where she's like fighting simulated robots and then she kind of like gets on the ground and looks toward Tom Cruise and I was like, I remember melting in that moment. It's, she's I badass. wouldn't kick her out of bed, tell you that. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I wouldn't kick her off my Mount Rushmore either. I, I'd say my fourth will probably be. I liked one of your picks, uh, Rob Sarah Connor. Mm. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. So she's she's gonna be my fourth head on the on the Mount Rushmore. Okay, that's good. That's a very strong four, Greg. You find, I think you, I think you redeemed yourself. Okay. Good job, Greg. Good job. I like I like it a lot better. Now now our Mount Rushmores can actually fight each other and it'll be an even battle. <laughs> and uh. So that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's get to like I said, like a little bit of the movie we're gonna be talking about here. Uh, we're doing Return to Oz, of course. Uh, you know, it's 1985 film. This was my movie choice. Um, this is one of my I'm calling them Rob's random movie movie picks. Yeah. Uh, just where I pick these random movies that frightened me as a child. Um, I know I've already done Labyrinth with it, which me and Laura disagreed on. She thought it was cute and cuddly. Uh, now we're doing this one, and I think I might have actually got her finally. Um, yeah, yeah. So the only, yeah. So the only reason I picked this one is because yeah, like I said, it just it frightened me as a kid. Looking when this came out. I know there's no way I saw this in theaters. Um, so I think I'm pretty sure my parents rented this for me when I was maybe like eight something like that hmm. and then probably just popped it in the vcr and was like hey here watch return to oz and then just let me watch it by myself um so that's probably why i, I scarred me as a kid you know and even looking back like i have a thing where i don't like claymation mm-hmm. and so like i'm thinking this might be one of the first things i saw that has like that claymation i don't like that like stop motiony claymation look that gives me like the willy so this might be the one that scarred me that i just kind of blocked out because it's here and this is very early there's no way i would have watched a movie before this when i was like eight years old yeah yeah so yeah so that's why i wanted to watch this just to kind of you know see not if it held up but just see if those feelings are still there and just see like is this movie really creepy or is it just my imagination like looking into things differently you know uh so so we'll we'll get into that a little bit later you know what these guys think of the movie and if it you know had anybody scared you know um because if you guys and you guys but neither of you had well <laughs> this is a funny story I know Laura had definitely never seen this before. No. Greg, like always, thought he didn't see this before. But what, Greg? <laughs> Greg, half, halfway through, you remembered? This movie was such a trip. and I, I feel like you could bring me into a psychological study to understand because I thought that I had not seen this movie. I don't recall anything about it. But then when certain scenes would pop up, I instantly remembered it. And it's like, I'd, I'd gone 30 plus years not spending a second thinking about these things. And suddenly they came up. And then, you know, by the end of the movie, which we'll, we'll talk about later, I kind of took a step back and thought about all of the scenes that I remembered most. And they were definitely the most uh, disturbing pieces of imagery. Mm. So that's, it, it just goes to show that, like, I think kids can get traumatized by... Uh, by the most scariest pieces of imagery and not really absorb any of the nice 
or positive messages that a movie has to come uh, has to give you. But yeah, I I have totally seen this and it was it was such a trip like feeling that it's you know i was just talking to a friend earlier today about what it's like to to revisit a a childhood place that you haven't seen in in literally decades and Mm. the feeling is just something it's it's actually kind of awesome but it's kind of terrifying to think that it's there the whole time and you it's just like laying dormant in your mind and it's just Mm. waiting for some kind of trigger to pull it back to the surface again do you, do you think at all your parents took you to get electrotherapy and that's why you don't remember? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you got scarred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I mean, as you guys can kind of tell listening that this definitely this movie got to a couple of us and it's kind of creepy and it, I think it was definitely creepier than Labyrinth then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow (laughs) yeah i know uh so speaking of like the creepiness of this movie let's get to our our horror segment of the week real quick and then we'll kind of get in the movie a little bit more um so this week i have for you guys all right so i got a question for you guys this week so like like i said you know speaking of you know this movie the creepiness and like being like this is a children's movie this is rated pg it's not even pg-13 it's just pg that like is, this is this is meant for like okay. eight year olds or something like that, you know. So it made me think, like you know, the question I want to uh, propose to you guys is pretty much um, like, what other like childhood story or movie would you choose to adapt into a darker horrorish version, mm. and why, mm. you know? Ooh. So like, what a uh, you know, I can go first because I already got mine kind of set up. If you guys want to think a bit, yeah. But, uh, you know, I know I usually throw you guys on the spot, so. I can give you guys a little bit of time to think, but uh, yeah. So, so the one I picked, you know, for what kind of like childhood story would I want to like make into a darker version? Um, I picked uh, Peter Rabbit, mm. and and I picked Peter Rabbit because I know there's already been a movie with uh, I think James Corden. My son loves it. Uh, we watch it all the time. <laughs> but I thought I thought it's just like such a fucked up premise of like Peter Rabbit like going into like invading that guy's field and home. So I thought like, okay, let's make it dark, like a home invasion horror movie. Oh so let's make God. it like let's make it home invasion style Peter Rabbit and like I'm thinking like a combination between like don't breathe and saw so it's like you know like like Peter Rabbit breaks in to like try to save his dad because like you know the 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 main guy like steals his dad wants to kill him and put him in a pie but then Peter Rabbit goes in and it's like traps are everywhere so there's like instead of like a you know the big head trap that's in saw it's like a big bunny trap on his foot oh. like that and he has to like he has to like gnaw his way out you know things like that so I think that would be pretty horrific you know I still would want it uh, very like uh, where Peter is um, CG and everybody else is live action you know I wouldn't want it all animated uh, but like that I think that'd be pretty fucking you can make it pretty fucking dark just with like a home invasion style Peter Rabbit you wouldn't make it in claymation no <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not claymation. I'll scare myself. I couldn't, I couldn't help and work on that project. You know? Um, yeah. So I think that's the one I would pick. Cause I think that'd be pretty, you could actually fucking do that. It'd be fucking badass. That sounds scary. Uh, what do you, what do you think, uh, Greg, what do you think, Greg, maybe do you have an idea yet about what kind of like childish, either like a story or a movie that you kind of adapt to be darker? Yeah. I'll say this. I, I love, this is a great question. And the movie that we're viewing, Return to Oz, was, is a sequel to a musical. And I think it makes it especially terrifying that you're, you know, you're jumping off of a musical, which is usually very lighthearted and fun. So I'm going to choose Mary Poppins. I think it would be creepy to make like a Mary Poppins sequel. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I've only seen that movie a handful of times, but I know it's basically about a, a nanny who watches kids and teaches them to sing. 
basically, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be kind of cool if like you created a dark sequel where she like kidnaps them. Oh, and like nice. she creates like a ransom, and you know she forces them into like singing games, so where if they don't, you know, sing properly or hit the right tune or right the right pitch, then they can't go home. Damn, Ooh, yeah. I like that. I like that. Ooh, that's pretty dark, man. Yeah, I don't know what she's gonna do with that umbrella. That's creepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Damn. That's <laughs> well, I can. Yeah, you can just see like cool imagery of like her pulling out her magic bag, and she like sets it on the table and opens it, and then it's like chainsaw comes out and like a big <laughs> blade, and like you know, like you know, like a, like an ice pick, and just like crazy things that can come out of that bag. Ooh, that has a lot. Of Instead of the sound there. of music, it's like sh- the mm-hmm. sound of fear. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Hmm. Wow, Laura, you gotta you gotta come up big, Laura. We got some pretty good ones going right here. Yeah, I, there's only one story that keeps coming into my head, and I feel like it's pretty obvious. But you could really turn a good dark horror movie into where the wild things are. Oh, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. this boy gets lost in a dark forest, and there's monsters, and it could be a situation where he wants to get home and he can't. And maybe he like hears his mom in the background or smells the dinner, but he he can't get back and he's just lost and maybe even being tortured, you know, mm, by ooh. these giant monsters. It'd just be like a fun monster movie. Mm. Dang. Wow. That's pretty crazy, Laura. Mm. I feel like that movie has enough dark undertones to just add to it. Would would totally take it over the edge. I like that. Yeah. Just add more gore. Mm-hmm. More gore to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then the kid like comes it. back. He was like, I will never not eat my dinner again. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they should do a thing where like he's eating the dinner, but then it's like, it's his parents. Like they put him inside the pie or something like that. Damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or it turns to maggots. Something. Like oh that. yeah. 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 We got, yeah, we got to go super dark with a super dark, you know, and yeah. we got three good stories. We could do like a total, like a uh, an- anthology right there. Uh, three like dark, <laughs> dark children's stories, you know, aimed at PG people, eight year olds. I agree. Good answers, you guys. Good answers. Yeah. So if anybody wants to email in, let us know what like children, you know, movie or story they would want to adapt to make like a horror dark version. You can hit us at email conjecturingpod at gmail or Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod. Um, yeah. So let's, let's get into the movie now. So it's time to let's escape the asylum. Let's escape <laughs> the asylum. <laughs> and uh and jump into oz here a bit you know um <laughs> so spoiler spoiler warning up front we're going to be you know kind of going through all the details of this movie here like i said we're doing return to oz this is a, a disney movie this is a rated p rated pg you know um so meant for eight-year-olds um hey, you keep saying eight i show my daughter pg films so without mm-hmm. thinking about it what's the age cutoff for pg i guess is well, official- P- P- PG my, is my like child a- is four and yeah, PG in my mind is like I could let her watch a PG film, but I would mm-hmm. never, never put this on for her right now. No, no, no way, oh. no way. I don't even want to watch it, and I'm way older than eight. I wouldn't yeah. put it on for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, this this is a 1985 movie. Uh, director is Walter Murch. Uh, Laura put in here. This is the only feature film he ever directed. So mm-hmm. that's funny. Um, and I know there's some interesting facts about <laughs> that. Anything uh, you know. after after this movie, he he stopped directing. Well, it, it was his only feature film. So mm-hmm. he may have like, directed more after, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Interesting. Budget for this movie was $25 million. Box office was 11.1. Um, and I, I know this has like a cult following later on and it caught on and DVD yeah. and VHS and stuff like that. But just box office wise, definitely a flop. Yeah. Uh, Laura, do you want to read some interesting facts? Yeah. This is the first film to use the Walt Disney Pictures logo with the rainbow going over the blue castle. How how fitting. How fitting hmm. that it's like the first one to have like that magical kingdom. I, and it's right? like, what the fuck? Yeah, I agree. Like, this is the... Oh, yeah. Anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, A a gymnast, his name is Michael Sin. He stood upside down with his legs bent and backwards inside of TikTok's body to move the legs. Why? That is... Yeah, it's so weird. It is weird. And I knew this fact before I watched it. And so the whole time I'm watching TikTok, I'm like, there's a man in there, you know, bent upside down backwards you know with his arms as the legs and i just couldn't yeah couldn't picture it and then i was just thinking man i feel bad like 1985 that's what they have to do to make tiktok a reality whereas like now that's not even an issue mm-hmm. i don't understand yeah. why i feel like your legs and arms are pretty similar in diameter i don't know why you would have to be upside down do you guys see it i don't i don't really see it I don't I, why know. can't you just stand on your feet I yeah, just crouch yeah. down. Yeah, it's unless crazy. they unless they were literally like, what is the most awkward position we could put this mofo in? <laughs> yes. yeah. Like, not only are you upside down, but you're backwards. Like, you can even make me face forward. Like, what the hell? What's the difference I know. there? <laughs> they want it as awkward as possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. shout out to Michael Sundin. You know, if he's still if he's still with us, I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, you know, good, good good job doing that TikTok. You know, um, I think oh. I think he's still alive, and then he he rebranded that, and he he was the founder of actual TikTok now. <laughs> he's the founder of TikTok. You know what? Yeah, he'd be making bank if that were the case. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is my favorite fact about this movie. So Disney actually fired director Walter Murch about a week into production due to some budget concerns. But Murch contacted his buddies, Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas for help. And those three directors were able to, they basically lobbied Disney to rehire him. And it worked because, I mean, those are like the three biggest directors ever. So what did he, how does he have those connections if he didn't direct a feature film before this? I don't know, man. I was going to say like, I was going to say like, he's definitely the ugly friend. He's he's like the, the, one of these things is not like the other, you know, I I don't know how he got connected with these three guys. Like, this doesn't make sense. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. It's so odd. Yeah. Yeah. And then the only other note here is that, and I think that we'll probably talk about this more, but this movie was based on the second and third of uh, L. Frank Baum's Oz books. Um, and so this was not meant to be a sequel to the original, which I think is, you know, everyone thought it was. And I, I think that that's probably why it flopped so bad mm-hmm. because we were all expecting a sequel. How was it yeah, not a it's- sequel? It's it's very it's written completely like a sequel, like a sequel to the story of like, you know, it's been six months since I came back from Oz. Like it's yeah. written like that, but I guess it's more like, oh, it's actually maybe a sequel from the book. Yes. Not really a exactly. sequel from the movie. Which yes. It's very so confusing. From my understanding, and, I, yeah. and I've never read the book, so I mean, I can't really talk, but from my understanding of research, it almost seems like the first movie wasn't, 
it had a lot of themes in there that weren't in the book. Oh, okay. Um, so, and, and then this one was more closely, you know, parallel to what actually was in the second and third Oz books. Yeah, I think uh, the I think, books are very, are darker. That's, and that's, yeah. and that's why, you know, um, so they definitely lightened it all up and put songs in there for the, for the, for the OG one, you know? Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you said you should have put on Front Street something like, you know, the sequel to the book or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, because oh, it's already it's already confusing right away where you're like, wait a second, Dorothy was like 19 in the first one and now she's like eight? Like She's like, yeah, she's a baby. Wait, what happened? Yeah, so that's already kind of confusing to be like, okay, what happened there, you know? Yeah. Um, it definitely yeah. makes me want to, to like almost know what the original movie um, was supposed to show if they were dedicated toward the content of the books. Like what liberties did they take? Like how dark would the original Wizard of Oz from 1939, how dark would it have been if they would have stuck to the canon? Yeah. 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 That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Cause I think I read to you something about that. They were, you know, the rights issues with this movie and they like lost rights at one point. So they had to like make the movie at a certain time frame. Then it became public domain. So it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. But I think the only thing they had to pay for was the red slippers. Yeah. Because the red slippers are not part of the story. They're not in the books. They're actually like gray. They're like gray slippers or something like that. What? So MGM, who released the first movie, like owns the rights to red slippers. Mm-hmm. So they had to pay money to use them for this movie. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's go through the cast here a bit. Um, let's see. Uh, Laura, do you want to do the cast too? Sure. Go for it. Uh, so we've got Faruza Balk as Dorothy Gale. And this was her first movie. It's just so crazy. Like, I was even watching this with my husband, and he was like, I know that girl. And I'm like, I know. Of course you know her. I mean, it's, I don't know. She's one of those people where mm-hmm. you just, you know who she is right away, even as, like, a young, I think she was 10 when she made this movie. So, so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like we said, she's from The Craft. She's from Waterboy. She's from. Waterboy. That's what I American yeah, History I X. She pl- she um, plays, like, crazy yeah. characters in every movie. Well, and this was mm-hmm. her first movie. This, yeah. I mm-hmm. feel like this maybe it was dark, so it you know, kind of set her on a path towards. Yeah, we were we were joking. Characters. Yeah, we had like a t- uh, or you know text thread going, and we watched this movie kind of together, and we were joking, saying that this is like the girl from the Crafts origin story, and this is why she like wanted to be a witch and went crazy because like all this stuff happened to her. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's just like so weird watching her in this movie. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Nicole Williamson as Doctor J B uh, Worley, and also as the Gnome King. So the doctor from the beginning and the gnome king were the same actor. And mm-hmm. also Jean Marsh, she's the nurse Wilson from the beginning. And also she is the original princess Mumby. Mumby? Am I saying that right? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, and then we've got Sophie Ward, Fiona Victory. They also play one of the heads of Princess Mumby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Piper Laurie is Auntie M. I think maybe this has come up before, but she is the mom from Carrie. So I, I legit cannot see this actress and not be horrified of her. <laughs> and even though she was nothing but good to mm-hmm. Dorothy, well, minus taking her to the yeah, institution. Yeah. I mean, like when I mean, she sees that, her, yeah. yeah, when she like sees her at the end and she's like, oh, yeah. I, I expected her to be like, no, you should have died in Oz or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like she, she was horrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got Matt Clark, Uncle Henry, uh, Emma Ridley as the girl at the hospital and Princess Ozma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a few, I mean, I don't really know anyone else in this cast, honestly. I, I usually like to 
find out what they're from and i just really didn't yeah i think the only ones i the only other ones i put on here because some of the voices are actually kind of interesting was the voices of jack the pumpkin head Mm. um and belinda the chicken were provided by so jack the pumpkin head is brian henson son of muppet legend jim henson and uh nice the voice of belinda the chicken greg called this out in our text too is uh, denise Breyer, and she also voiced labyrinth's hoggle and junk lady oh so it was that lady oh you were right that's crazy yeah okay cool Greg called it out greg called it out yeah Mm mm-hmm so we went from a junk lady to chicken lady. So yeah. that's cool. I knew I recognized that voice. Don't you like your dolls? Your pretty dolls? I, Damn. Yeah, it just it got me. I knew it. <laughs> Good job, Greg. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you want to do synopsis, Laura, of this uh, crazy shenanigans of a movie? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like we said, this is a very dark adaptation where we see Dorothy suffering after the tornado um, and after her first trip to Oz, you know, she can't sleep and her, her auntie M and uncle Henry think she's crazy essentially. Um, So they take her to an institution uh, and she, she's able to escape and she ends up back in Oz for round two. Uh, However, this time all of her classic friends are turned to stone Uh, and the Emerald City is in ruins. So the movie is just her journey, you know, to restore the Emerald City and I guess to restore herself, maybe. I don't know. This is still very unclear to me, but I'm sure (laughs) we'll get into it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's true. Yeah, Um, yeah, let's just just start with the opening of this movie. Let's really delve into, like, the the whole, like, committing your your child, I guess, the the child you're watching uh, to, like, an asylum, you know. I mean, this is 1985, but I think, actually, it's supposed to take place in the, it's supposed to take place in, like, the 50s or something like that. I think so. Earlier than the 80s, right? So, oh. Well, the outfits, the outfits of what they wear at the, at the asylum, like that's legit. That, that to me is still like 1930s. I mean, that is like, yeah, yeah I think it's 30s, 40s in the, in this. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. So, so like as much as like we watch this now and we're like electrotherapy, like what the fuck? Like I maybe in that time it would have been like, you know, like this is science, you know, like this is, you know, so, but, you know, let's just talk a little bit about the, the committing her and how dark this movie starts like right away where you're just like, holy shit, what's happening? I, I think it's, it's weird to me because I, I watched the original right before we jumped into this. And what was odd was that the original movie, she comes back, you know, uh, a, a tornado whips through her town and destroys their property and she gets hit over the head by like a window or something and that's when she kind of has these fantasies of Oz and when she comes to her whole family is glad that she's safe glad that she's awake and she kind of has these um these notions that she's been somewhere but it's all very innocent it's it's all very happy so you're kind of left with this feeling of okay well it's a girl who's who's got these fantastic images and stories in her head but it doesn't mean anything it's very you know she's gone through a little bit of a mental journey but that's about it but this movie starts off it's almost dark and it and i i want to know how it maps onto the books because it, it doesn't feel like it lines up at all with the last movie because it seems like she's like obs- obsessed with her thoughts Mm-hmm. and wants to go back where i didn't really understand it because when she willingly left oz because she wanted to go you know go back to her family yeah so she did that of, of her own choosing but this movie starts off and they don't really explain why 
she has decided to come back. Like I, I've read my share of books where you're given this very magical land in the first one. And then it's a series. Okay. Whether it's Harry Potter in, in the cupboard, whatever mm-hmm. it is through, when you read the books, you find out that the characters miss their friends and they miss their journey and they miss the adventure of, of that. And in, in a lot of ways, it's a nice escape from the realities of the real world. But this movie starts off so fast. You, I feel like you don't get that. You, all you get is, okay, she's an insomniac and her parents think that she's lost her mind. So they open up at that time, what was probably the equivalent of the penny saver or the yellow pages. And he, he finds an advertisement about electroshock therapy. And I thought, what? Yeah. <laughs> Where, where's the bridge between the last movie and this one? And it's, it's interesting. It's for sure. It's interesting, but it just doesn't feel congruent. But, um, it was so one of the, you know, like Rob said, we did this like group watch, right? It just felt so dark right in the few minutes, the first few minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you think of like the opening, Laura? Yeah, I agree. It, the opening actually, the, some of the imagery kind of reminded me of Labyrinth a little bit. Like I, I remember when she first woke up, I was staring at her bedroom and everything is like standing on top of each other and everything looks very chaotic And I was like, why does her room look like that? And then eventually it's explained that the tornado took their original home and they were kind of staying in this like side home or whatever, whatever it was. And so things were kind of stacked on top of each other because it was just a bunch of junk. But uh, yeah, like from the beginning, I was like, what is this? Because I think, I think like we mentioned, we all assumed this was more or less a sequel and so right away, you can't get your mind to not assume it's a sequel. And so from the beginning, I feel like there are issues where you're like, well, this doesn't make sense. Why is she so young? Why is she living in squalor? You know, like, why, why is she psychotic to them? I actually, and I laughed so hard because when we were doing our group watch, Greg, you nailed it. I think you texted us and you were like, she has a few bad dreams and now she's going to be like institutionalized. I mean, it's basically yeah. like, throw the Disney logo on this movie. Yay, Disney. And like, guess what? Now time for a lobotomy. Here we go. I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? It's just it's messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy how this movie starts. I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm the one that picked this movie. So I definitely know that there was some creepy stuff and I remember some pretty creepy imagery of when I was a kid. But I didn't remember the beginning of this movie at all. I remember a lot of the stuff when she gets to Oscar. That stuff mm-hmm. is just visually weird. Yeah. But the whole like opening of this, I was so like taken back into like, wait, what's happening right now? Like you're talking about electrotherapy? Like, holy crap, putting her like committing her into like an asylum and all that yeah. stuff. And I was like really like surprised, you know? Um, and even like when they take her there, it's just such like a creepy place. Mm-hmm. You know, like the of course the main the main doctor guy is like a weirdo, and then the the head like nurse, you know of course is like dressed like a mortician she's wearing like all black she's just like i'm ready for you to die i'm ready just to take you yeah she was the worst i i really did not care for her <laughs> yeah and, and there's just like so many crazy things she says you know this is something greg mentioned at the beginning of this recording talking about the tin man and so like the first thing you see when they kind of go to the asylum the mom takes dorothy there um and she's explaining to the doctor like what Oz is like what it is you know who are the characters she met you know this fictitious I, you know in her mind what happened and she I, I literally wrote this down I quoted this from what she's talking about this is how it starts her very first thing she says when she gets there she's explaining this to him 
She says the tin the tin's woodsman used to be um used to be made of flesh, but then he cut off his leg and had uh had a tin leg made. And then she says then the witch enchanted his axe and he kept cutting up the other parts of his body until it was all made of tin. And then she goes even his head and then the the doctor like cuts her off. And it's just like that's like the first thing she's kind of saying when she goes there. It's just insane to be like, this is like meant for a child to be watching this. And you're talking about a man like, you know, cutting off his limbs. And I don't, for some reason, like the word flesh, like really like stuck out to me. Like, yeah, like when I, when I heard it, I was like, wait, flesh. And I was like, this is not for a child. Like what child even knows the word flesh? You know, if you would have said skin, if you would have said skin (laughs) or don't even like describe it any further that you don't need like another word to describe what's happening. But when they said flesh, my like ears perked up, like, wait a second. He said flesh. Oh, this (laughs) is getting crazy now. Yeah. It was really weird. But, uh, so, so like right away, right. That's like the opening like sentence she says when she gets to this like asylum i was like wow this is this is crazy i can't believe this you know um yeah yeah then then of course she you know he reveals the the machine that's gonna like you know not lobotomize her but whatever you want to call it and you know he's trying to like be like oh it it looks like a cute robot look it has a little tongue sticking out at you and i'm just like what the hell like it's just so weird it's so crazy the open in this movie um did you guys notice too i don't know if you guys noticed this the whole like this whole movie is really just, I mean, it's, it's very similar to the original movie that, you know, things that are connecting in the real world connect in Oz. Like, you know, yeah. each person kind of plays dual characters and there's a lot of imagery that is the same or noises. Did you guys catch the actual gurneys when they were pushing them? The noises that it made were the wheelers? Yeah. Oh, you got that? no. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you first, when they lead her through the hall, you know, to go to her room, the guy's pushing a gurney by and it's, it's super enhanced. So it's meant to be the noise and it, it's the wheels screeching. And it's like, it's the sound of the wheelers when she gets into Oz. And I think it's the same guy. I think it's the same guy that plays the character. Wow. I uh, wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, there's just so many things that are similar to the the real world, you want to call it, and things are setting up for when she gets to Oz. You know, it, not, even, not even just like imagery and people, but sounds. And I thought it was really actually kind of cool that they did that as a connection. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, this is probably a question for the end. So then is this all actually happening in her head then? Laura, I don't think there's any answer to that question. <laughs> I, I, I take it, I mean, if you want to compare it to Labyrinth, the end of Labyrinth, my question to you guys was like, wait, so was this all fake at the end of Labyrinth? Like, you know, was it real? I don't understand. And I think it's very similar. It's, you can, you can go 50-50. You can believe it's all in her head and that's what you mm. want to believe. Or you can be like, oh no, this actually happened. It's, it's really, it's up to your interpretation. We need someone who's read the books too. Well, there's like, there's also like, I think like three or four more books that go on beyond this. So, I mean, if they're making more books and they can't all be in her imagination for like a whole series, you know, I mean, if you you think about, if you think about like the lion, the witch in the wardrobe and like those movies, like, do you watch those and think they're fake? You think she's going to like another world, right? Yeah, this is this is exactly the same. It's just they didn't go down the dark rabbit hole of having a scene where like Peta is like getting like zapped in her brain or something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. They just went. They they made it clear of like, no, this really happened. You know, I gave this movie props for being like, hey, we're not going to give you the full answers of this is real or not. We're going to make you decide. Right. Like, you know? It could go either way. Yeah. 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 yeah you know. Um. But the, yeah, the opening of this movie is just insane. It, it's crazy. You know, it definitely gets more lighthearted through it a bit. But the opening 
opening sets things up so dark where you're like, you don't really ever come back. And is that all in the original? I mean, you know, when the movie was over, they did, they showed some type of credit saying that this was based on the sequel, right? So in the book, does she get committed to this asylum where they're, her parents or you know, they're trying to get her into electroshock therapy? Is that part of the story? Probably. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie is pretty true to the book. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. It almost like it, it negates the whole first movie almost. Like yeah. I, my, my interpretation of the first movie was that, look, she starts off, she's kind of a petulant kid, right? She's annoyed that this lady down the street is yelling at her dog, Toto, for getting into the garden. And she thinks this is the biggest thing. And the people around the farm could care less. They're like, okay, who cares about your dog? Look, why don't you just go around so that the this this lady doesn't bother your dog? And so she thinks that the, she's the center of the world and this is a big deal. And she goes to Oz and thinks about, you know, she almost, if you take it from the sense that she's imagining all of this, all of these threats, whether it's the flying monkeys, whether it's the witches, whatever it is, it's representative of her fears of the real life, right? But she kind of gets over it. She learns through her friends who are, you know, they're embodied by the three farmhands, the, the lion, the tin man, and the scarecrow. But she learns how to overcome her, um, her challenges and her fears through through Oz and amongst other lessons that she learned and she comes back and it's almost like you tie a bow in the whole story, right? Yeah. Everyone's happy that she's back, that she's alive, she's healthy, but then they do this movie. And I don't, again, I don't know how closely it, it lines up with the books, but it feels like it negates all of that. It's like, did she, does she want to go back even though she was willing to leave and she wanted to come back to her family? Did she like regress into her fantasy land? I don't know. And it was kind of, it, it was kind of sad to me because it felt like the whole first movie can just be thrown out. And it, like yeah. when I go and watch it now, I think, Oh wow, she really didn't grow or she didn't really learn anything because of all this dark stuff that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think like we said, like you, you literally cannot put them as like back to back movies. Yeah, like it's, it's not, it's not a direct sequel. True. Like we said, it, it's very much like we said, it's a, it's a sequel to the book, to the original book. That's what it is. You know? Uh, um, so you can take a lot of the, you know, main kind of plot points maybe through the first movie and like use that, like the yellow brick road and she finds her friends and, you know, defeats a witch. And that's pretty much probably the only things you can take from that first movie and then kind of watch this movie, you know? Um, but yeah, you can't really compare them. It's just like, I thought maybe you could, but once you delve into it, there's just no way. It's yeah. just, you know, you would go insane yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much after that, you know, she, you know, she goes into her room you know, some little blonde girl pops up from somewhere, gives her a pumpkin. I like the part where she's faking to like comb the pumpkin's hair. And I was like, I was like, maybe you are crazy. I was like, you know, there's not hair there, right? It was just such like a weird, like, like was that written in a script? Like comb the pumpkin's hair? Like, or did she like improv that? It was just like a weird thing. You actually sided with the, the aunt and the uncle. You're like, oh yeah, they should have put her here. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you better shock her up. She's combing weird. There's no hair there. Shock no her hair. up. Oh my God. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah uh yeah so then yeah they they pretty much they wheel her to the um oh to the electrocution room they strap her down 
Yeah, that's right. I'm all, I'm all, I'm strapped here too. I got strapped down too. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, they they wheeler there. Uh, um, yeah, and then they they proceed to get ready to shock her, um, and then the like a lightning hits and electricity goes down, and she's able to escape. Uh, the the blonde girl comes back, and I guess it's Ozma, right? Ozma, that's her name, right? Ozma, yeah. Ozma pops in. I don't know how, but uh, she pops in there, and because at that time she's supposed to be trapped in some type of mirror or something. So I don't, whatever. I um, think probably. You know, assuming this world is real, yeah, might be trapped in the mirrors or glass or whatever in Oz, but probably is able to do things in the other dimension of like Kansas and mm-hmm. our reality. I thought she was just another, you know, when she's strapped to this gurney and she's being prepped for like electroshock therapy, you can hear the echoes of the screams of other inmates up behind yeah. the walls, which is terrifying, right? So then when this girl, you know, when lightning hits the facility and the power goes out and then this girl comes in, I just assumed she was another inmate. Yeah, I mean, at that point in the movie, you don't know that yet. But like, you know, going through and like actually oh. watching the whole movie, you you look back and you're like, wait, how was she really there? But yeah. whatever, you know, it's a stupid plot hole. But yeah, you know, so Ozma breaks her out or inmate, inmate 22, whatever her name is, um, breaks her out. You know, and they run away. They they fall on a river, um, and then Dorothy wakes up back in Oz. Finally, you know, she's where she wants to be. We forgot the point that she found a key. She found a key in the beginning of this movie. And that's kind of like what her started her thinking again, more about like I need to go back. I need to go back. Like somebody sent me this on a shooting star, uh, whatever it was. You know, um, so she has a key. You with- caught all of these like quick lines that I did not catch. It was a shooting. I was too busy texting you guys my reactions. <laughs> I was too busy texting too. Yeah. Well, I, well, to, to be upfront, I think I'm the only one that watched this movie twice. Oh, true. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm and I'm and I'm the only one that actually has seen this movie previously. Greg blocked it out, so he wasn't able to get that memory back. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for everyone to start singing, and it never happened. So yeah, that yeah. was sad. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, she's in not Oz now. She has a key. She's there. She's in when we were texting each other. I thought at first she was in a baby crib, which I thought was really fucked up. But then watching a second time, it's a chicken coop from the beginning of the movie. There's a oh, chicken coop. There's a chicken coop on her farm. So she's in and that's kind of makes more sense. Why? What is the chicken's name? I already messed it up. Belina. Yeah, so that that's that's makes more sense why the I'm going to call it chicken. Why the trash chicken, you know, from Labyrinth, why the trash chicken is um why the trash chicken is actually with her because at first I was like how did the chicken get there? Where how is this chicken? So that makes more sense of like that's the actual like chicken carrier coop thing that she would be in, so that makes kind of a little bit of sense of why she would possibly be with Dorothy, but mm-hmm. Yeah, so she wakes up there. The chicken's with her. The chicken can talk now. Um, she's she's pretty much there to be the one-liners, do some funny one-liners, talking about, like, don't deep fry chicken or don't eat chicken, something like that. She has a couple jokes about. Um, mm, deep fried chicken sounds good right now. It does. <laughs> does it? Yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay, right, calm down, Laura. All right. Don't eat, don't eat the chicken. She's the savior of the movie. Come on. Um, so, if she's deep fried, I don't know. I might eat her. <laughs> Yeah, uh, boat yeah. snack. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's great. If Greg was in this movie, he would just be oh like, my I'm, God. Eating, "I'm eating you already." I would be in that. I would be in that chicken coop saying that to the chicken for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then pretty much from there, she, like I said, she's into Oz. She starts uh, exploring Oz. She realizes it's a 
it's a wasteland now it's like mad max fury road of oz <laughs> it's all like fucked up looking and you know i do like that all the little shout outs of like the original book movie of like the the original house you know from wizard of oz is there yeah. and it's all fucked up looking and i like that where she kind of like oh you know that's where the witch was and you know it was kind of cool and then the yellow brick road is all like destroyed yes, yeah i thought those, those are cool touches that actually touch back into the original movie um you should have called it fury brick road <laughs> that have been sweet as like a subtitle to the movie that would have been better people would have maybe explained more of like this is not for children yeah, yeah. right exactly yeah um yeah then she kind of like goes to the emerald city uh you know and she finds that emerald city is all destroyed everybody's turned to stone uh which which is kind of like creepy but it doesn't really like hit you that hard until you see like the tin man turned to stone and yeah. then the lion and the lion which i i like that they use like a real lion not like what it was in the original movie, which was like a guy in a lion suit. Oh, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm sorry. They used a real lion for the stone <laughs> statue. That doesn't make sense. Or like the guy, that lion at the end, that was not real. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, you know what I mean though. Yeah, you know what I mean? Not like a guy in a suit lion, you know? Yeah. I like it was like- Standing it, it, on his like- Back yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like Aslan from from uh, Minarnia, which I, I love yeah. Aslan. So it was cool to see you know him there. Um, because in the original, she's greeted by the Munchkins, and they start singing to her and dan- and they're so happy to see her. And that uh, whatever the the nice witch is just like it, it's almost like another version of the Willy Wonka uh, land, you know? Yeah. And it, it yeah. just makes you feel like okay, well, this is interesting and fun. This is the total complete opposite. It's like the wasteland. Everything is. Yeah. Destroyed. It's crazy. It's in ruins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of like creepy imagery, I mean, the first people she meets when she goes to Oz finally is they're called the Wheelers. Ugh. And, you know, <laughs> and, and the, the first thing you see is like spray painted on a wall. What does it say? Like, watch out for the Wheelers or something like Beware that. Beware of the Wheelers. Beware of the Wheelers. Yeah. And you like hear like the screeching in the background. You kind of see like a, somebody like scoot by in the background really quickly and you're kind of like what the hell is that and then when he finally like one of them pops out and so uh, greg do you want to describe what these wheelers look like as like a oh, visual man. art person so they're 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 all male um presumably adults and they have long arms and long legs all touching the ground and the contact point with the ground they're all on wheels they're all on four wheels and they're dressed in almost like garbage or something. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's really unsettling on the eyes. And all I can say is, when that first wheeler turned the corner and you saw him, I, I really can't describe to you guys what that felt like. It was like I was remembering a previous life. Like wow. if if like reincarnation is a thing, it, it felt like I was looking at. Like I was reliving someone else's life, like watching that. I just, I thought, what the heck? And they are really creepy. They're in like full body suits and they have like, they have masks on and they move. And just Rob, you have to acknowledge how creepy it is being the the one that hates the the disproportionate body Mm -hmm. lengths. They're all about that. It's just so unnatural. The way that they're positioned and the way that they like have their bodies, you know, like like on all fours like that it's so unnatural that it's so uncomfortable to look at that it really like makes me like uh you know nervous to watch it um but definitely the way that they use like the so they don't really have like a face mask their mask is their face is open but they have a mask on their head 
because when you're on all fours, you're kind of like leaning down more. Right. And, and the top of their head mask, I literally put in my notes, it looks like the demon from Host. Like it, it is oh. horrifying. It is so creepy looking. It's all like their face is all like mangled and scrunched up and just it's really creepy imagery and that's the first thing you see they come around the corner and you see the top of the mask head and it's just like so jarring it's like holy shit like what is that you know i expect him to like pop out of somebody's attic you know it was so creepy um so so what, what did you think of like the wheelers laura oh they were horrifying the only reason why i'm not completely freaking out is because I thought that was the scariest thing I'd seen in this movie. And then the movie continued on and there was just, there was more, there was more that got me even more. So now I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. the wheelers, that was nothing compared to what's coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I did appreciate that. They gave the wheelers like little like uh, rims, like little like spinners, you know, they had like cool rims on their little tires. That was kind of cool. At least they gave them that. See, For me, you know, the, the visual was scary, but for me, it was actually the, the sounds, the laughing, that's oh, what freaked yeah. me out. The laughing. Mm. I did not enjoy that. Ugh. Yeah. They had a and crazy, the squeaking like, of their wheels too. Mm-hmm. They had like yeah. a rusty wheel that, that yeah. squeaked like the, like the psychiatric ward gurneys. That was, mm-hmm. oof, damn. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're definitely super creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we meet the first of Dorothy's like new, her new crew, you know, she meets uh, TikTok. <laughs> She makes TikTok, which I, what'd you guys think of TikTok? I, I liked him. You oh, know? Yeah. I thought he was cool. He's great. He's great. You know? Minus the fact that there's a guy inside, like oddly inside it, which is weird, but you know, uh, but the character itself and like the fact that it's practical, it's like a real machine that they built. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not like it's real the machine works itself, but you know, the the outer shell of a machine, I thought was really cool. Yeah, and I kind of liked, I'd never seen any kind of thing like this before where she was like, I have to turn this one to work your action and this one Mm. to work your thought. I was like, Mm. well, that's, I mean, that's kind of cool. And I will give you this for 1985. That was kind of a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. I I like that they gave him like a little mustache and everything and the mustache would move when he talks. And it it was definitely for being an, an, an an object you know an object it was able to convey emotion you know mm-hmm. and i thought that was actually really well done in this movie was just that that aspect of it you know yeah yeah um yeah pretty much after that she goes and finally meets uh what is her name mumby the mumby oh. lady you know they get captured by the wheelers and they go to mumby's castle and then you start going into stuff that really freaked laura out do you want to describe mumby laura i think she really got you yeah so like already you walk into this uh you know like i don't know if it was a mansion castle whatever but it's it's a lot of windows and glass and mirrors and you meet this princess who's or queen who's very beautiful, but she's in this very unsettling outfit of like, uh, you know, almost like a cape. I don't know what to call it, but there's like spikes coming out of it, you know? Uh, so you're already like, okay, this chick is not okay. Well, and the fact that the wheelers are sending you to this person and you're seeing how Oz is in complete ruin. So you're like, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't going to be good. Um, but, you know, she's this very beautiful, calm woman to start. But then she just casually takes Dorothy into her, I don't know what it's called, the Hall of Heads or... The Hall of Faces from Game of Thrones. Yeah! (laughs) No, literally Game of Thrones got this idea from this movie. Can we just admit that right now? Probably, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And, and it was just so casual how she's like, let, let me change for the occasion. And you're like, change, you know, you're dressed like a freaking crazy queen. This is weird. Why are you, why do you have to change? I didn't realize that she meant change her head, you know, mm-hmm. to go yeah. from someone who was very soft spoken and relaxed to like a more, I don't know, authoritative figure. Uh, so she takes Dorothy into this hall of heads and uh, takes off her head and puts on a new one. And it, it actually, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie because all of the heads uh, are, are acting how she's acting. So like if she were wide eyed, they're all wide eyed. If she's looking to the right, they're all looking to the right. I, did, I didn't even notice that. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, they're all kind of acting that way because whatever head she puts on is going to continue to be her. And it, it reminded me of the haunted mansion at Disneyland. And I think that's why I liked it so mm. much. I mean, it's creepy, but it just gave me that Easter egg. I don't know if it intended to probably because the haunted mansion was around before this movie came out and it's mm. a Disney film. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that was super creepy. Uh, so already like, I'm feeling very unsettled about this princess Mumby or whatever her name mm. is. I didn't like it because I, it made me think that all of the heads were alive and sentient and trapped within each one of their cases until she decided to go. And that's what I thought too, Greg. Wrong. That's what I thought. That's what I thought oh, too. It's yeah. so unsettling. It's just, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, you know, she, she, you know, takes Dorothy and throws her and TikTok and the chicken throws him into a room, you know, kind of like you're trapped here now. You need to stay for the, the guy we haven't even talked about yet. The actual villain on this movie, the, what is the gnome King, Gnome King. you know, which, uh, periodically before this you've been seeing like rocks like with faces mm-hmm. you know and kind of get into that like my fear of like claymation and like a little bit of like that stop motion technology they were using back then um i thought it was actually really well done i think greg you mentioned that you really liked that that effect of like the rocks yeah when they showed so like periodically throughout dorothy's journeys back to the emerald city the rocks would send a report to the main gnome king and you would see the one where it's like i don't know there's probably a fire in the background and it's reflecting the flames onto the rock wall and you see the face start to like animate into different shapes and i don't know how they did that you know i don't really understand like the inner workings of claymation i'm i've seen some um some specials on how Coraline was done and it takes a long time. Mm. You literally have to like stop motion. You, you shift the, the, the clay and then you take another picture and it's just over and over again to do that is, is intense work. And it actually, I think speaks to the craftsmanship in this movie. That's, that's the one yeah. thing I, I can really say is that it was a well-crafted movie. And this is one of the ones where you go that, that, that was great. Um, it could have been like nowadays it would have been done in CGI, but I think doing the claymation and having it a little bit more stilted in the animation made it creepier. And just shifting the expressions while The Rock was reporting what Dorothy was doing to the Gnome King, um, I just thought it was so, so well done. They did a really great job. That was one of my favorite aspects of the whole movie was just the damn rocks. Whether it was the faces in the rocks that would like open their eyes when she stepped on them or the rocks reporting to the Gnome King or the Gnome King turning in you know, from like a rock figure to more a humanoid figure. It was just, that was one of the best effects in the movie. You got your, you got your rocks off. Got my rocks off. 
Nice. Yeah. No, I, I agree though. I agree, Greg. Yeah. The, the effects as much as they like, they kind of like were eerie to me because I don't like that claymation-y stuff. Uh, I do have to give them props for like how they did it, you know, and the visually the way it looked because it looked really cool actually, mm-hmm. you know, so like retro because I mean now of course we have CGI, but yeah. I actually respect it so much more because uh, the way they did it just looked really cool. What did you think like the rock effect, Laura? Yeah, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I, and again, like so many... I, I wouldn't even call it Easter eggs. And Greg, you kind of mentioned this, like this movie just reminds you of so many different things. And it's whether it were movies that came out before this one. So you're like, oh, it kind of feels like that. And then a bunch of movies that have come out after, mm-hmm. which have really made me think like, man, did, were they pulling inspiration from this? But I can't tell you how many times the faces on the rocks made the exact face of Jack Skellington from Nightmare for Christmas. And it was every time it made that face where I was like, Oh, I got all excited. Yeah. I was like, they had to have yeah. taken that from. This I know what you're, I know what you're talking about Laura. Cause there's certain scenes where it's the teeth. The yes. teeth are positioned with gaps in them and it looks exactly like Jack Skeleton's teeth. Yes. And it's exact. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Good, good call out. Good call out. Wow. That's so cool. I, I really liked that and appreciated that. Like overall, I mean, do faces on rocks do it for me? No, I'm not getting my rocks off. Let's put it. That <laughs> oh, okay. Way. Like, like the other more realistic things like the pumpkin walking on a stick body or, you know, the princess headless that's what or even the wheelers like real men but with freakishly long arms and on wheels that that's kind of more what freaks me out um but i did like it yeah 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 let's get into her other little like friends now you know she's been trapped in this room uh she hears a noise and the first thing she sees is like a big pumpkin i don't know laura do you want to describe jack Pumpkin uh, right now. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right person to describe him. So I, I have big issues with this guy. But anyway, it's a pumpkin, a giant pumpkin as a head. And it's on the body of sticks. So the arms are sticks, the torso, the legs. And oh my God, just the way he moves is so unsettling. And then he has this very soft-spoken yeah. i hate to yeah. say it but like michael jackson voice that is just like i am not you didn't okay. have to say it but yeah i had to say it. it i'm not okay with it um and it's it's too bad because he is a friendly soft like helpful character but to me i just found him creepy and inappropriate when he like told dorothy you know are you <laughs> Or he asked her, he said, are you my mom? And she says, no, I'm not. She tells him twice, I'm not. Mm -hmm. And then he just kind of keeps going. And he's like, can I call you mom? (laughs) And then she has this big smile like, okay. And I'm like, no, girl, like, this is not okay. (laughs) Tell him no. I I don't know. Like, he really, he was a very nice pumpkin man. But no, (laughs) I'm not not a fan. (laughs) Not a fan of Jack Pumpkinhead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what about you greg what do you think of jack Pumpkinhead? yeah his movements super creepy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i it was it was clear that um jack skellington took some inspiration from this mm-hmm. character uh, so that's all i think before uh nightmare before christmas i would have been really terrified but knowing that i don't know i just kind of put those two together it didn't really creep me out as much because i kept thinking about jack skellington um but yeah i don't i don't really it, he had a really weird demeanor about him 
But um, then again, at the end of the movie, you just, I, I had to chalk it up to each character probably just portrayed a different aspect of her psyche. And maybe he was the part that was more of, you know, the, the child looking for her mother or father, you know? And, oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, now you make me feel like a dick. Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it, it just seems like, you know, if, when I think about the first movie, her personality is sort of split in into deficiencies or things that she thinks she needs in or, to overcome in order to get over or cope with the the terrors of, of of the real life. So in the first movie, it was one thing, but in in this movie, it was another thing, and um, that was probably just one aspect of it. But um, yeah, he was okay to me. He was. I mean, of all the things in this movie, he was probably, I would say, number like five or six on the scary on the scary list. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. No, I agree with you guys. It's, it's visually jarring and visually creepy. But then, like you said, Laura, his voice and his like demeanor is very childlike. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like that that juxtaposition of like the opposites that kind of like it. it it makes it like work a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, there were certain points where I was like, I wish his voice was just creepy too. I wish they just went full creepy and he had like a creepy voice, mm-hmm. you know? But I get the whole thing where it's like Greg said, or like, it, it, I think I was reading an article where like, yeah, every character is supposed to be some part of her psyche. And Jack definitely is part of her like immature, like childlike sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that, I'm pretty sure that is true. And then TikTok, of course, is more like her, her, you know, cognitive thinking, you know, trying to like work her way out through the process. And then uh, I forget, with the other the other character she meets is called like the glump or something like that he's like Gump. a pretty much like they need to figure out a way out. So they come up, the TikTok comes up with a way, uh, an idea of putting couches together and then putting wings and a broomstick for a tail and then a a moose head. And there's a powder, there's a powder that the um, Ozma used to make Jack Skellington, Jack Skellington, Jack Pumpkinhead, (laughs) you know? (laughs) They're they're so similar. They're actually, yeah, I didn't think about it before, but once Greg called it out, I I can visually see them the same person now. Um, But yeah, she used the the post uh to make him so like they have to go steal this potion to make this like other flying creature um and i forget what that creature is supposed to represent to her i think it's supposed to be represent more like the fear that she has because that that whole creature's effect is like i don't know what i'm doing i was just born yesterday i've already died once like he's like the fear in her of not knowing what she's actually doing you guys are blowing my mind right now i didn't catch any of this at all you didn't know there was a key. You didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And like now I feel like this whole episode is just turning into a graves digging. It's like, this is incredible. No, <laughs> it's a, it's a, really. It's a, like, it's a jack, it's, jack diggings, jack diggings. It's a jack diggings. But yeah, like all this stuff about her psyche and what it all represents. Uh, that's incredible. And it's interesting that you say that because one of my gripes with this movie. So I'll tell you guys right now, I think that um, the actress who plays Dorothy, I actually think that her acting is great. I think she does a great job. Mm -hmm. But one of my gripes, and I think Greg will agree with me here, is that she does not act scared at all. And like, she's a good actress and her character is done very well, especially knowing this was the actress's first role. But like, she is not scared of any of these things, really. And mm-hmm. it's like, what? This is horrifying. I'd be rocking in the fetal position, so horrified. So to then explain to me that all of these are pieces of her psyche and, you know, she's not sleeping in real life and it's kind of her journey to mend herself, what's going on in her head, you know, and to, ha- and to like 
compartmentalize all of these parts of her, like her thinking and her uh, this and that. And, and to have the, the moose head be like her fear, that then makes me realize, okay, can I even have the argument that she's not scared because he's scared for her? Oh yeah, she's like dissociating her her yeah. feelings and her, so you, these characters. You guys are blowing my mind. I don't know, but every time that we get deep into a movie like this, I wonder like, are we sure that this is what the writer and director like thought? Or are <laughs> there's we no just, way of knowing. Yeah, or are we just so smart? <laughs> we're like, whoa, this makes sense and it all ties together, and this actually mm. makes it a better like package here. But maybe that. They don't even I think the reason why she probably doesn't seem as scared is because everyone reveres her in Oz because if you if you think about the first movie she kind of came in and anytime she encountered a challenge or I need to pass or I need to get into the city oh I need to see the wizard she was met with resistance until they someone found out that she was Dorothy that she was meant to do it or that she's gone all this way then suddenly it was like oh go ahead and so she was kind of like I don't know <laughs> She was like a badass bitch in herself. Maybe she's going to be on my, my new Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Because in, in the original Oz, she kind of just owned everything. She was the most um, like acclaimed character. So maybe she's going back to this land thinking like, I'm awesome. Look, I'm here to see the Scarecrow. We're going to grab all of our friends together and handle our business. It's not the first time that she's seen adversity. I mean, it's definitely, definitely a different type of yeah. adversity. It's, it's scary and it's horrifying. But, like, she's kind of already gone through it, and she knows that if she could just get her friends together, she can conquer anything. So maybe that's why – and, like, that's part of it. Another part is, like you said, she's splitting her fears, and she's, like, um, dissolving it into these other characters too. So it, it's probably a mix, mix of all that. Yeah, I don't know. Now that I'm listening to you talk about it, there's no good, way. Good job, good job, Greg. We had it. Yeah. Good job, Greg. <laughs> no, good, no, good job. This is all very smart and makes sense to me. But now that I'm thinking about it, you know, me being the hard ass that I am, I don't think there's any way that they meant for this. I think we are just too smart. No, for this movie. I, I, no, no. I think <laughs> I think they did though because like the original movie, which is probably the premise of the original book, is like Greg said, like the you know the scarecrow, the lion, and the Tin Man all represent part of her her stability in the original movie. So it, it would make sense yeah. that that this movie would do the same thing if you're basing on probably the books because that definitely would translate in the books. They're not going to change that in the original movie and take that out of the book. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you're right. Let me intent. If, if any, wait, wait. If anybody yeah. out there is listening to this and like you've read the original books and like you can confirm any of this for us, like yeah. shoot us an email, hit us up on Twitter, you know, at Conjecturing Pod or Conjecturing Pod at Gmail, and let us know if we're right. If we're just fucking blowing smoke, fucking up, uh, fucking skeleton, skeleton's ass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, let, let's keep going to the movie here a bit. Um, you know, she, like I said, she, you know, we can keep talking about this forever. What is or what's not, you know, we'll get to the end of this movie. We can kind of go through it a little bit more, but uh, let, let's get moving here. Um, yeah, like I said, she needs to get the, you know, the magic powder to bring the glump guy alive, the couch. She has to, I think this is one of Laura's most frightening. Is this one of your scariest scenes, Laura? When she has to go steal the powder from the Mumby's uh, little like, Oh my locker. God. Yeah. This is the most horrifying scene of the movie because Princess Mumby is asleep mm -hmm. and apparently she sleeps without a head. <laughs> Makes sense because- Of course. Know, I take my bra off to sleep, so why wouldn't you yeah. take it off ahead, right? Yeah. Same thing. You want you want to be comfortable, let your neck breathe. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. And so- uh, Dorothy has the key. She devises a plan. She's able to sneak through to get into the right 
door, which not only has the powder she needs that will turn this sofa plant broomstick moose thing to life, but it actually also has the original mumby head. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was kind of a cool touch. And it and it, it is the head of the the nurse from the beginning. The nurse from the original, yeah. The same actress, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh and so she's like, you're already it's already a tense scene because she's already kind of sneaking through to get it and, and she's able to get it. But then she wakes up the heads, which essentially wakes up the body. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, a body that is headless pops up, sticks arms out like a fucking zombie and just starts running and the heads are screaming like Dorothy Gale, which all of a sudden I'm like, why are you calling her by her first and middle name? Like, yeah. did, did this happen in the original movie? It was very strange. Mm-hmm. Very know, just, proper, very proper. There. It just, mm-hmm. well, no, it brought me back to like when I was a kid and my mom would use my first and middle name. Like oh, I was when you're, when you're in trouble. When you're I was trouble. in big trouble when that mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Dorothy was in trouble, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Dorothy was in trouble. So anyway, yeah, that scared me. That was the scariest scene of this movie, in my opinion. Did you, get, yeah. did you guys hear the part where they started screaming in unison, this is definitely a PG movie. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> definitely not believable. <laughs> no. Yeah. At no. that point, mm-hmm. it's like, what? This is something I see in a legit horror film, rated R. Yeah, yeah. It's it's super creepy too because it, it, the room that they're usually in is like mirrors everywhere. Mm-hmm. So there's like reflections of like heads everywhere and the bodies running yeah, and it's just like a really creepy fucking scene, you know. Uh, I know speaking of like the actual like room, like I don't know, I think I might have mentioned in the beginning, but like the room, you know, each head has its own number. Mm-hmm. So each head has its own number. So her actual original head is number 31 and 31 is Dorothy's room number from the asylum so that's another like cool like little like connection of like the number 31 um which i thought was really cool um good little chicken egg right there yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah Um, (laughs) oh shit it took me a minute i get it i get it yeah 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 i mean what did it freak did the mumby and the heads freak you out too greg that whole scene oh man this is like i told you guys like i'll this will be the last time that i mentioned my suppressed memories but (laughs) <laughs> there were just there were four things that really I remember from watching this as a tiny lad, and this was one of them: the, the headless body popping up from down the hallway, like with this Ugh. haunting moan, Dorothy, you know, running after you. And you know, when you're watching it as a kid, you I think that's a real great point that you mentioned, Laura. You're viscerally aware of the need to sneak around your parents. Mm-hmm. and be especially imagine she takes the key off of the off of a ribbon that's tied to the wrist of, of mommy's body and she walks out the bedroom with that so you're the the tension actually was really well done if yeah. you think about it in this scene um because you know you just you have all of these elements coming together and it's just it's the tension is so heightened and then when all the heads wake up Oh man, fuck this scene. Yeah, it was probably one of the creepiest <laughs> things in the entire movie. Yeah, if you have a kid out there, at least cover their no. eyes for this scene. <laughs> no, don't do it. Just don't do it. Oh, yeah. No, no. If your kid is old enough to be watching like Twilight Zone, then okay, this movie is okay. But mm-hmm. before that, forget it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I agree with you guys. It's a super creepy scene. You know, like I said, it's the visuals, it's the, you know, it's the, the music that's playing at the same time. It's the, the vocals, the way she's like yells and, and not even like screams. It's very like baritone the way she like yells, you know, which is actually it's like a whale. almost more, yeah. Almost more jarring. You would expect it to be like a screech. So yeah. when it comes very like low, it's like, Oh, that's odd. Um, <gasps> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I just shit myself. Good job, Lori. You scared me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so like, like I said, she, she, she gets the, you know, the magic alive potion that whatever they call it, you know, uh, she runs back, you know, she sprays it on, or sprinkles it on the moose guy. <laughs> <laughs> sprinkles squirt, it on squirt, the, squirt, squirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know uh so yeah they're able to make the thing fly now they all jump in it they escape you know and then pretty much you're you're to kind of the the third act of this movie at that point Ooh. um they're they're going to the whatever it's called the the, the gnome king's big rock palace you know mm. because uh tiktok i think i had told uh, dorothy earlier in the movie that uh, they had scarecrow as a prisoner mm-hmm. so she went to she's going there to save you know scarecrow because i guess he man we didn't even mention this but he was appointed king i guess after the first movie book he was like the king of oz yeah so she's going there to save him and save the kingdom and this and that so mm-hmm. yeah once they once they get to the rock place that's when it kind of like the the King Numb guy pops his face into the side of a rock and tries to talk to them about, I thought it was kind of interesting the way he was like talking to them about like, like, well, you guys stole things from me first. You stole the actual emeralds from me, from, you know, my, my rocks, you know, so you're thieves, not me. I didn't do anything wrong here. Uh, so I thought it was kind of interesting the way he was like describing that um, almost trying to turn it on their head of like, no, you're the bad guys, not me. Um, so what did you guys think of like the gnome king once they get to the actual like his lair you know and it's like a standoff i'm kind of i don't i need to process this more but i don't feel like he was scary at all like he the whole movie up until this point has been horrifying to me and he wasn't scary at all however I love that you are introduced to Princess Mumby, who in my mind, she is the villain of this movie. Like she is mm. as bad as it gets. And then to find out that there's someone over her. And she and answers like, to and someone else. Yes. So yeah. I will say that I appreciate that. I thought that was really cool. But yeah, he didn't freak me out at all. Um, Mm. But I still found it cool. Like I found the whole third act really cool. Um I love how he wanted to like play games with them. Like, okay, we're going to play a game. It's on my terms uh, where they had to all go in and, and kind of uh, have to try to guess which ornament was the scarecrow. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I liked all of that, but uh, the whole movie up until this point to me was super creepy and unsettling. And then this was just kind of like, okay. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with you, Laura. Like, I have a thing where I don't like claymation, so the third act still makes me uneasy because mm. the whole third act is all claymation. Yeah. It's all the rock guy, and he's moving around creepily and stuff like that. So it still gets me, but if you don't have that, you know, feeling like I do, then I could see you're just like, oh, whatever. You know, yeah. you already looked at Mumby with no head, so who cares? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. What, what about you, Greg? What did you think of kind of like the third, like, act of, like, you know, the Gnome King stuff? I actually, I thought it was also very interesting how there was a backstory to him saying that, oh, well, you thought that, um, that the Emerald City was a, was a safe haven and that's the, that's the place to go where everybody's innocent and everybody that, you know, 
everyone's loving there, but really they owe me. They stole from us. And it's almost like he's painting himself as, as the victim in this sense. And I thought that was very interesting. I actually have a theory about all this. I didn't have a diggings, but I kind of have a theory about all that. Maybe I'll get to it toward the end, but um, I thought it was, yeah, that was definitely interesting that the fact that um, like you said, Laura, there was a, a, a superior to this evil queen and um they had a they had a sequence where he's essentially a, a rock being and the more that he traps dorothy in oz the more like human he gets and i thought like i was texting you guys while we were watching this because he sort of turned into like an actual actor with like, makeup <laughs> and i thought i thought like did you guys run out of budget or yeah. you know like what the what was happening <laughs> Mm-hmm. like the the claymation guys went on strike during that scene but what was actually <laughs> happening was that he was becoming more human and more he was becoming um i guess manifest in this yeah. fantasy world i thought that was a really cool twist yeah um yeah i mean i i really like the gnome king stuff i really like like laura said the fact that like he wants to play the game where they have to like go and choose a, a doodad or an uh an ornament <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <laughs> an or an orna an ornament a you know yeah uh, yeah whatever whatever term you want <laughs> whatever term you want to use i think they have what three choices right they each get three choices yeah and if they don't get it by the third one then pretty much they get turned into an ornament and mm-hmm. then of course like greg said the the gnome king kind of grows more powerful um becomes more alive um so of course first is the the sofa moose guy he's I don't even think he can be touch anything. He doesn't even have arms. So I don't know what he did. He probably just went in there. He's like, he instantly like turns into an arm. In. He didn't even get any guesses. Yeah. He was just like, whatever, you know? Um, and he's like, how am I going to touch it? And then like, you have antlers. He's like, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have asked or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, yes. and he was as dumb as nails anyway. Oh, that was yeah, her yeah. fear. Greg. Come on. Well, fear's yeah. dumb. Yeah. Be yeah, nice. Sure, yeah. Fear's dumb. It's a, it only like saves our lives every day, but okay. Mm-hmm. That's true. The moose did save their, it got him from point A to point B. So mm-hmm. props to him, but yeah. yeah, he couldn't guess for shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Next is what uh, is Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead goes in. I think he's next, right? Pumpkinhead goes in. He's already like, I'm going to screw up. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like I said, very like childlike, like, like, what do you expect from me? You know, <laughs> like I'm dumb. You know what I mean? Almost like that. So he goes in, touches three things randomly and he's gone. He's a ornament too. And then uh, next is a uh, TikTok. So TikTok goes and he's like the, of course, the smart one, you know, she, she winds up his what thought or his, whatever it's called. Is it called thought brain, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, and then it's just left with Dorothy and the Gnome King now. And now you get a little bit of exposition of like kind of like his evil plan, like what's been kind of going on. And you have the big reveal of like he has the slippers. He has the red slippers that probably cost Disney Studios, you know, five hundred thousand dollars to release from MGM. You know, and that's where he's got how he's so powerful. That's why he can do all these things, you know, because he has these slippers. And I think he says at the same point, too, like they just flew off Dorothy's feet while she was going back to Kansas or something like that, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. We got to talk about we got to talk about the old man in in the ruby slippers. I mean, I don't want to talk about it like like that. Like men can be in slippers. That's fine. Oh, getting at. Mm -hmm. But. You're in this film that is so creepy 
And then they show you a man dressed as a rock wearing red shoes. I mean, it does pull you out, right? It, I got a good chuckle. I was like, this is funny. I thought they looked fierce. <laughs> fierce. <laughs> I thought they looked good. I, you know? I don't know. We, we have to mention it was just like, it they, totally. They, 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 they definitely popped with his outfit and it worked out, you know? I oh, it, it popped. But like, yeah. for me, like, it took me out of what was happening. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Huh. Wow. Maybe I'm a little more woke than you guys. It doesn't bother me that much. I don't <laughs> That's know. not what I'm saying. But okay. I know. I get, I get what you're saying. Though. I get what you're saying. That. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't fit. It was like whether it's... Well, they clearly they did like, fit. Like they were on his feet. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they yeah. fit perfectly. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to you guys right now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were weird. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> just, I, you're right. He was just kind of like imposing scary dark ominous figure made of rock and then he reveals these like cute shiny slippers and yeah. again it, it's more of that like you you put a, a either a light-hearted element on something scary or a scary element on something that's supposed to be more innocent anytime mm-hmm. you mix those two it's gonna throw your brain off yes, okay I so agree. both okay so then both you assholes okay uh so <laughs> what um <laughs> What would you, in your like little mind, your little narrow minds, what would no. you, um, what would you want? Say the say the slippers could like transform into another thing, you know? What would you? No, they can be slippers. It, you know, mm-hmm. that's not the point. It's just a jackhammer. Ugh, no, Ruby jackhammer. Wow, that's or Superman. A scep- a would have been more jarring or like shocking because at this point I haven't thought about the Ruby slippers at all. I mean, yeah, I know me either. That's why it's such a good reveal. Yeah. We're in a whole mm, new film. So the reveal would have been more shocking if it weren't like, Oh, look at me. I'm wearing my cute little Ruby slippers on my rock body. I don't care that he's a man. <laughs> it's just that it's a rock, like Zeus evil God figure, yeah. you know, it, it would have been actually more shocking if all of a sudden he just drops it on her like a mic drop, like, uh have you remembered your ruby slippers and it's like oh shit even just mm-hmm. like the thought of them like where are they where have they gone what's happened to them why haven't we thought of them why hasn't dorothy thought of them until this point mm-hmm. i don't know it that was a very silly way to bring them back and i i'm like you said they had to pay a lot of money to get those and i just think that you know what this ties into my overall what I want to say about this movie. So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. save it. Yeah. I think, okay. I, I think it's a, I have, like I said, the theory that I have about the King and the emeralds, I think the slippers play into it. So when I get into that, I think, Ooh, I, I right. think it makes sense to me. Why wow. he has okay. Them. All right. Let's keep, let's keep moving then. Cause I can't wait to hear your guys. Uh, interesting take on this, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. hopefully I don't have to edit it all out. Um, yeah. Hey. So, <laughs> Hey. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then. So then. Pretty much what happens is some one of the little rock faces comes over and tells the gnome king that TikTok has stopped moving. And Dorothy says like, "Oh, you know, I think I forgot to, you know, wind his his action. You know, so we can't move right now. So I need to go in there and help him. So she goes in there and she she realizes that it's fine. It's wound. Um. And TikTok kind of like whispers to her like, "Oh, this was my plan to get you in here. Brilliant. You know, I, I have one more guest left. If I touch something, you need to like pay attention." to what i turn into and then you could bring me back and she's like okay that's a good plan you know uh, but then, except like, she doesn't pay attention to what he turns into no, she has no, no freaking clue 
Well, it's because like, I guess nobody realized actually what happens when you transform to an ornament, but like right when he touches something, like a big bright light flashes to where nobody can see anything. Yeah. And and then I don't think you're automatically like to the spot that you touched it. I don't think, uh, I'm not really sure. I'd have to watch this movie a third time to see if, if that exact spot, there was that little, uh, little pin he was wearing turned into, but, uh, you know, um, so she didn't see shit, you know? So now it's just Dorothy's the only one left. (laughs) <laughs> you guys i i think that would have that would have boosted this this movie's grade for me is like the lights the lights go the lights go back on she's like she's like what happened the lights go back on she's like she's like i didn't see shit <laughs> It's so great. <laughs> oh, God. Ah, that was so true. It's so funny. It was great too because I knew what Greg was trying to say for that minute. And mm-hmm. I, so I'm laughing with him because I'm like, I get it. And Rob's like, I don't understand. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get it yet. <laughs> they have this like huge elaborate plan. And by the way, it was brilliantly <laughs> crafted. But just like in you dispatch, it's like, you <laughs> let's get back to so, I didn't see shit. <laughs> this eight-year-old. What the fuck? I didn't see it. Oh, man. Sorry, Rob. I'm it. sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's, like, it's true, though. Yeah, she didn't see anything. It's just wasted. Yeah. You yeah. know? Uh, yeah, so then it's just her now. And then, you know... She- Let Greg talk about how she... Yeah, I was going to say, like, Greg needs to talk about the way she decided to do her three choices. Oh, my <laughs> God. So she just get She just has this revelation from tiktok about how they should be smart about their selection because they're the last two he uses his final guess to try to give her some information she squanders it okay so she's got three guesses and you think oh well that's three opportunities for her to grow and learn and evolve and get smarter she takes the first couple of picks just walking around literally just looking at random objects no rhyme or reason and just touching them (laughs) Oz, why did you pick that? There was no, it, it made no sense, right? Did you guys look at the objects she touched? It made, no. and, and there's literally hundreds of random knickknacks like strewn about this room, like the Cave of Wonders, and she just touches one without any logic. Yeah, that, that was my thing too, is like, you know, this room, we're not, we haven't really described it yet, it's vast. There's multiple rooms within this area, and she doesn't venture more than like one foot from where she's standing to like yeah. look for anything. It's not like he told her you have 30 seconds. She could yeah. take her time and like, yeah. but I wasn't so much looking at what she chose. I was more looking at, she decided to stick her arms out straight, close her eyes, and what am I going to bump into? It's like, what? You're the last one? And again, she's not scared she knows what happens to her if she doesn't guess correctly she doesn't seem scared she's just like here we go whatever happens happens yeah yeah i mean i mean you have to give her a little bit of credit her last like blinded effort of like eyes closed she does pick the right one but uh she got pretty lucky to it just happened to be right in front of her at the time she picked uh it's like a green 
I don't know. It looked like a paperweight, you know, a green paperweight or Just something like that. Just like an emerald. Like yeah, an emerald like gem. a heavy you know? emerald gem. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, pretty much the scarecrow pops back, you know, then they kind of realize that all the people that have been turned are in green things or emerald color things. Mm-hmm. So I think they find uh, whatever it is, like a vase or something like that is one person. Somebody pops back from that. So they start ended, but then uh, the gnome king realizes what's happening. He gets all pissed off and he's like, fuck this game. I'm just going to destroy everything now and try to, and try to eat people with my claymation mouth you know so he he like breaks the roof down he's fully claymation now now we're getting to the point where i really don't like the way it looks because it's all like crumbly looking um mm-hmm. and he picks up the the couch moose guy that was brought back to life takes him lifts him up puts him in his big claymation mouth and fully on eats him you know and it was just like so creepy and jarring to me. I really didn't like it, you know, um, like just mm-hmm. talking to somebody who doesn't like claymation stuff. Um, what did you guys think kind of the end with the gnome king going insane yeah. and like eating the shit out of people? The first thing I thought of was, and I don't know if you guys have seen this or, or if you could watch anime, but Attack on Titan. This is this reminds mm-hmm. me of that where you have giants eating people. And it was just, it's a horrifying visual. And and this was my fourth and final um, memory that, that crept back into my mind watching this movie. And it was like mm-hmm. scary to see him do that. He like opens his mouth and he holds things above him that are like dangling and he's like ready to eat them. Yeah, super, super creepy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But it, it really didn't get you that much, Laura, because claymation is not really creepy. Yeah, out. it didn't get me. And actually, at this point, I'm like, okay, let's wrap it up a little bit. Um, <laughs> but what I did like was I was super annoyed, and this was almost going to be a gear grind for me. <laughs> at the beginning, how they're like, and Dorothy has a chicken. And it's like, oh, are yeah. you freaking serious? Like, what? So she has a chicken. Like, why is this? Why are we being so dramatic about this? So I think it was interesting how the whole movie, I mean, sure, they mentioned here and there, like, oh, is there a chicken? But you're just kind of, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this movie is very bizarre. I kind of feel like I'm super high and tripping out. <laughs> so, like, I don't know why they're afraid of chickens. I, to me, I, I didn't think this is all going to make sense in the end. Mm-hmm. So I was very pleasantly surprised when he then accidentally eats belina whatever her name is the chicken's egg belinda and he's belinda i don't know whatever (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he's like uh poison and then you find out that chicken eggs are poison to anyone in oz apparently or at least the gnome king to like rock to like sediment object yeah that's my one thing like i really don't like this ending i really it's not explained nobody explains why this is poison. It's not like an obvious, like, of course, an egg is equal to poison in this aspect. <laughs> There's nothing. There's no thing. So I was just like, wait, like, like, I, I like that it tied in finally to like yeah. everybody being like, there's a chicken, there's a chicken. Mm-hmm. But I wish there was some something there. At least, I mean, shit, we're, we're to a point in this movie where like this movie's bonkers to begin with. <laughs> like, at least give the Gnome King a five second, five second sentence where he's like, oh, like egg yolk disintegrates <laughs> my atoms. Like something, like give me something. But there's just nothing. And nobody ever yeah. explains why. It's so weird. Was there anything in the original movie, Greg? You yeah. can remember that? Yeah. There was something about a chicken. <gasps> yeah. I, I, I oh, think shit. it all plays in. What? So this is the, let me just like, I'll jump into it a little bit. Part of, in, in the first movie, the, you know, the world of Oz that she imagines is like kind of her way of coping with the stresses of, of her, of her life. In the first movie, she 
tries to run away with her dog because the dog got into the garden and the lady that is kind of she imagines is the witch uh tries to take the dog away from her because you know whatever so she imagines her as the witch then she tries to overcome it uh through courage brains and heart etc etc in this movie i feel like the fear that she's concerned most about overcoming is being at this psych ward okay and what they want to do is they want to give her this electroshock therapy and remove all of her i guess creative memory so that she becomes normalized like okay and only once she can do that can they return her back to her family and I think that she has a fear that her family sent her there because they can't deal with her. And in the first movie, in the very first scene, you see Dorothy kind of walk down back toward the farm and she's like talking about how this lady antagonized her dog Toto and her aunt and uncle, they're like, they don't even care. They're busy dealing with the chickens because the chickens won't lay eggs. So they're saying like, listen, Dorothy, we can't deal with your, you're you're talking about your dog, go and do, you know, go be busy, go do something else because we were worried about the livelihood of our farm because if those chickens can't lay eggs and we can't produce a profit, you know, then they don't say that, but it's like implied. So the fact that now this tornado is coming and like ravaged their farm, and then you see this in the second movie, they're definitely struggling for money, right? And they actually do mention that in the, in the beginning of this movie. So I think that she's also concerned about their family having a livelihood and how can they like, you know, maintain a farm if their daughter is not sleeping, isn't willing to help out, and she has maybe mental problems, which at the time they couldn't deal with, they didn't know how to deal with. So she has all of these fears in her mind. And I don't know if you guys remember early on when she got to this new Ozland, there were like trees with fruits that had like lunch pails with food in them. Mm. I think that was kind of her brain manifesting this idea of like Oz is a world where you don't have to worry about working and your family busting their butt to try to scrape and scrimp together food. It comes on trees and it's like um, an imaginary place where the things that you need, like friendship and all that is like is given to you and it helps you out. And by go- this this uh, psych ward, and and again, the the who's the doctor or whatever his name is, doctor or whatever that's administering this therapy, I feel like he's trying to take that away, and that's that's her fear. And he's like obviously represented by the gnome king, so he's mm-hmm. trying to take that away. He's trying to take away her friend. He's trying to take her away her imaginary family. And you know, um, in the first movie, the slippers she uses them to get back home. Right, she clicks them a few times with her heels, and that's her ticket home he's wearing them because like he's holding her ticket home as is the doctor in the mental institute he's holding her ticket home unless she gets lobotomized or unless she conforms to what they consider to be like a normalized state she's stuck there so like i feel like the gnome king is basically and i we i think we mentioned this toward the end of our kind of like text convo watching this movie that he kind of represents her the the administrator of the mental facility and um and then to me i feel like green being like a a recurring theme is um represents money so like the and if if her family had money then they wouldn't have to worry about um putting her into this institution and, and getting and getting rid of her they wouldn't have to worry about rebuilding their farm so like the emerald city the way that it's broken and all of the greenness is like is i think money and it represents like kind of a hope 
to get back to um, like a sustainable life. And all that's like represented. So when she's like trying to get her friends back and he's got the heels and he's like, okay, well, you can either rescue your friends and stick to your imaginary world and your playland, or you can have your, uh, your shoes and go back home to your family. She has to like make a decision in that moment. So I thought that in the end, when the chicken laid the egg, it was kind of like her saying, almost like accepting the fact that she needs to go back to the real world because like the chicken laying the egg is kind of like, and again, I don't know if when she does return back to the real world, if the actual chicken is alive or if it does lay eggs, but it represents like, okay, now we have to take responsibility for like actually making money on the farm and having a life and dealing with like real world troubles rather than imaginary ones. Yeah. So you're, wow. so you're, so you're pretty much saying the whole chicken being poisoned and this and that really that is more of a like the figurative like thought process of her head and, and and you know what i mean it's not really meant to be like like how is it poison like why it doesn't really matter because it's more of just a a you know a, a a representation of her finally coming to terms with something and the way it like kind of defeated another part of her brain so it's not really the fact that it's even like a real egg or a real poison it's just more of like a manifestation and what it actually means right yeah exactly and what it really means to her is like okay well it, it means that her family can um s- sustain its farm and if they do that then they don't need to send her to this institute and they can bring her home again and that's her leaving oz it, exactly it didn't like when they were saying it's poison, I don't think we were, I was confused too in the moment, but then when I was thinking about it toward the end, when they see your family again and thinking about the first movie, it's just kind of clicked like, okay, well, they're clearly talking about, it didn't make, at least that's what I thought. It didn't seem like they were trying to say like egg yolk is poisonous for rocks or something like that. Yeah. 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 What, what, did you, what do you think about that, Laura? I think this was a grave diggings. So you're going to have to put the drop in and no, that Throw it in. fully was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's my best guess for like what what this what this movie is about, and like the chicken thing, it didn't make sense in the moment. But like I was thinking, the only time they mentioned it is in the first movie. Yeah, because because wow. I'll I'll take that explanation all day long because it's either that explanation or nothing. Because yeah. like there's literally nothing for the other explanation of like why is it poison? At least like, yeah. I'll take that thing. But then if you're going down that path of saying like okay, well then that's the explanation of the ending, then you're really admitting that this whole movie is just in her head then. Yep. And it's not like an actual like Narnia situation. I so, am, yeah. I, I mean if that if that's what I'm saying, if if I have to have the ending make sense then, then I have to admit then this is all in her head then. Yeah. That so, makes sense to me. I'm good yeah. with that then. I'm fine with that. It's just something like I didn't really think up to that point. I just thought like it was a fucked up loophole they didn't solve <laughs> at the end. Because I yeah. take this whole I took this whole movie as like this is real. This is happening. This is another world she was going through. Mm-hmm. But if the ending makes sense like that, then you have to say that it's not. It's not another world. It's her mind dealing with all these issues. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Good job. way of looking at it, yeah. Yeah, you know, I guess uh, good job then, uh, Greg Graves. You know, you, you you dug it up, man. Good job. That was good, man. That was good. I like it. I like it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about the actual like I guess after ending here. You know, they defeat the gnome king. She gets the slippers back. Um, everybody, the the Oz comes back to. She clicks her heels and says, "Bring everybody back to normal" or something like that. You know, so Oz is all shiny again. The bricks are good. Um, all the statues have been, you know, their people again. All the heads are put back on them. Um, you know, the the TikTok is he got the C C three PO treatment from Star Wars. He's all yeah. shiny now. <laughs> yeah. 
It's totally. all good and everything like that, uh, which is cool. But then you have the whole like ending, ending of this movie, which is still kind of confusing again with the whole, uh, the Ozma stuff. Yeah. It's, it's still, I mean, if we're going down the path, we just kind of all, I think, agreed that this movie is all in her head. Mm-hmm. Then that means that the Ozma is not just like another person. It's part of her psyche then in some way. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know what. Because pretty much at the end of this movie, you know, Ozma has been trapped in some type of thing by Mumby. And they finally like lit her out. Or she comes out. Dorothy lets her out because she has a slipper. She has a power. And I don't know actually what she is then. I don't know what she represents. Yeah. I mean, if we're going down this path, then, and she makes that statement I wish I could be in two places at once. She knows that she needs to be in quote unquote real life. She knows that. And so Ozma is, you know, the part of her that is stuck in fantasy land in a way. Like she was stuck in the mirrors Mm. in Oz. Mm -hmm. And, but now she's, she's freed in that sense to where she can stay there and she can, be the queen of this fantasy land of Oz um, and get those relationships and those fantasy aspects aspects of her life so that Dorothy can go back home and like grow up. It's almost like a Peter Pan thing, you know? Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, isn't that also similar to, to Labyrinth too though? Yeah. Isn't Labyrinth a lot about growing up and like... Yes, I fully agree. Although with Labyrinth, it was confusing because for me to have the very last scene be her home and thinking that whole thing was in her head, she needed to grow up. To me, it was so cut and dry. That's what mm-hmm. happened. And then to have everyone like pop up and like, <laughs> oh, we're going to have a party in the bedroom. I was like, oh wait, shit, maybe... It does exist. I don't know. Maybe she needed to be lobotomized. (laughs) (laughs) She freaking did. Yeah. 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 What what about you, Greg? What do you think the whole ending with Ozma and the duality of their characters? I I agree with what you guys just said. Yeah. I I think it's, it's the part of her that wants to stay in kind of like the fantasy land. And it is reminiscent of, of Labyrinth where at the, by the end of the movie, you, they've kind of come to terms with they have to be grounded in their actual waking life and the responsibilities of that. Mm-hmm. And, but they can all, they can also, um, you know, dive in and, and dip into the fantasy life. Like, you know, adults do that too. Why do we watch TV? Yeah. Why do we read books? Why do we play games? It's because it's, you know, we, but we can balance the two. You don't have to have one or the other. Um, and I thought this, I thought that this Ozma character was kind of like a more, it was definitely more cut and dry. Like if you were to take Labyrinth and all those characters that you just mentioned, Laura, at the end and roll them into one character, it would be like Ozma. It would be like the mirror version of her psyche yeah. in, in that fantasy world. That's true. Yeah. No, I agree that I agree. Like I said, you know, like I said, up, up till our conversation tonight, I, I literally saw this movie as an actual like two separate worlds, you know, and this and that. So like as much as I, I like the touches of, you know, her psyche representing certain things, I still looked at this movie as like, you know, Narnia where it's like, this is yeah. real. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now that we're breaking it down and kind of like explaining things, like I'm, I agree with you guys that fully, yeah, this is all in her head. And then, yeah, the ending has to be then that, like you said, it's her, it's her submission 
reflection to herself of being like, mm-hmm. okay, I need, I need to, I need to grow up. I need to grow yeah. up. I need, I need to help with the family. I need to help with the farm. I got to get fucking chickens to lay eggs. Like we got to do something here, you know, um, fucking eggs. <laughs> fucking eggs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's, uh, let's just shout out some negatives then, you know, I feel like we all kind of like said the things that scared us. Uh, we talked about a couple of things we liked certain things like that. Um, let's just shout out some negatives. Cause I really think that's going to affect our ratings. Mm-hmm. So uh, Laura, what are some negatives you want to shout out? My negative is one big issue just with the movie. And that is that, you know, this is a PG Disney movie and it's completely horrifying. And like we said earlier, I think people thought they were coming into a sequel of like a beloved musical, you know, from many years previous. Um, This is clearly such a dark movie And I think that it has a cult following because people, you know, older folks like adults recognize that and appreciate that and like that, but it didn't, it it was supposed to be a PG Disney film. So for me, I don't feel like they embraced that. Mm. If they had just leaned in and accepted like no this is going to be a dark twisted movie it probably should be pg-13 i actually think that it would have been an overall better movie they could have done a lot more with it and i think it would have been even more terrifying but not a terrifying where i'm watching it judging it every scene like this is not acceptable i'm watching a disney movie i'm watching a pg-rated film i'm watching something that's supposedly a quote-unquote sequel to the wizard of oz which was so wonderful. Uh, And so that just, I couldn't get over that. And I think that we've talked a lot about this and it's something that I never really understood until we started this podcast is movies or directors or writers, you know, knowing what they are Mm, and taking themselves seriously or not too seriously and embracing what they're trying to get out of it. And I think that this was overall a fail in that sense Mm. that they were trying to be a kid's movie but it was like Tim Burton did it. Except at least when you see a Tim Burton film, you know exactly what you're getting into. You know how yeah. it's going to be. And so I wish they would have leaned into it so people aren't as confused. And I actually think that it would have been even more scary and even more enjoyable. Wow, that's a great point. That's a great nice. point. I like, that's shout, I, I like shouting out Tim Burton. This this is very Tim Burton. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what about you, Greg? Uh, do you have some negatives you want to shout out or anything like that at the end? Here? I don't because Laura, you just took the words out of my mouth. Everything that you just said was pretty much where I land on the negatives. I, yeah. Exactly. It's just, and, and again, like I said, like having watched the first one, and I'm not the biggest Wizard of Oz fan. Like, oh, I don't even give that movie such high marks, but it was definitely iconic. You go, you mm-hmm. walk away with those performances from the Scarecrow, Tin Man, and Lion. The way that they sing, they they're very mm-hmm. vibrant. They have deep characters. Um, at, at least the way that they portray themselves on screen is so. I don't know. There's a, there's a passion about the actors that it's just so endearing and it's a very lovable movie in that sense. And the fact that this movie kind of like trampled on that again, I don't, yeah. I, I, I won't in its own right. Like you, Laura, you pretty much said everything. If, if it were to go darker, if they would have embraced it more and told everybody that they were going to do this, it would have been really great, but you can't escape the fact that people are just, this is like your, your, your question in the beginning. Imagine if they did this to like Mary Poppins or what was the one you chose, Rob? Um, Peter Rabbit. 
Peter Rabbit. Like Peter Rabbit. I don't know if people would accept it. It's just because the first one is so iconic. Like remake a, a bad movie, you know, that's not like top 10 on everyone's movie list, you know, and yeah. let that be something that you make dark, you know, but to do like a, an iconic classic and make it kind of terrifying, especially in this time when kids are going to watch it, it just kind of rubs you the wrong way. But it doesn't take away from the craftsmanship of the movie and how good the, mm-hmm. the positive. But yeah, that was like my only negative. It just seemed so different in contrast from the from the first one wow yeah yeah for for me it's like my biggest negative for this movie was just to me the plot holes in this in in the movie like the whole egg stuff i thought was really stupid it didn't make any sense some of the other things in this movie just like didn't make sense to me because i thought that like i said i already i know i've said this multiple times like i took this as like you know this two worlds you know so like certain things didn't make sense in that aspect but if we're breaking it down and we're saying that this movie is all this is all in her head and it's a way for her to deal with like her real life psyche then i can't put those as negatives now because they have a reason for being there. So to be honest with you, I don't have a lot of negatives. And to be honest with you, I think I might have to watch this movie a third fucking time. I really want to watch it again. I don't. Yeah, I want to feel the same way. Yeah. 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 You know, I think this might be a first for us here because we're going to go into ratings right now a bit. But uh, this might be the first where we're going to say our ratings from what we experience here. And then maybe next week, if anybody's going to rewatch it or, you know, say if you rewatch this movie in a couple of weeks, we're going to have to come back and we'll put it, you know, in the updates, uh, previous show stuff. Just anybody mm-hmm. wants to change their ratings. I know it's happened before with Killer Clowns, um, stuff <laughs> like that. Laura kept going up and up and up. Uh, so I don't know, but let, let's uh, let's get to the ratings here then. And we'll give our, our what we think now and we can always amend it later on and Laura mm-hmm. can change the doc it um but uh yeah i mean i mean i'll just give you a quick rotten tomato score just as like a reference point at least uh you know i didn't really look up any positive negative reviews because they were all pretty much straightforward you know kind of similar to laura said you you either didn't like this movie because it's not what it was portrayed to be it should have been a kid's movie and it's not or you either kind of liked it because it was dark so it was Mm kind of like a 50 50 split so the critics were at 53 percent rotten tomatoes which is pretty much down the middle the audience score is at 71%, wow. which which really goes into like the cult following that has really like came from, you know, DVD and VHS back in the day when this really like found a home. So I feel like that 71% of audience that likes this movie is, you know, being like, I watched it as a kid. I liked it, stuff like that. You know, I don't know if that's really breaking the movie down, but I think it is very interesting, you know? I, I disagree with you. I think that if you saw this movie as a kid, you're freaking terrified of it <laughs> and like don't want to rewatch it. I think mm-hmm. that 71% it's a quote unquote cult classic it are people that are getting extremely baked out of their mind <laughs> watching it. And their, their trip is just so <laughs> wild. They're yeah. like, this movie brought out some, some big feelings, you know, like they're. Yeah. Wow. Can you, can yeah. you watch this movie two more times in Laura? One more time as like a real watch and then get baked and watch a fourth time. I and think, then, and then... <laughs> I think I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> I'm going to have to compare it, you know? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to our final ratings here. The band, like I say, we can amend them later on, but I'll just kind of give our initial things right here. Um, so let's do one to five rating. Let's do how many Mombi heads, how many Mombi <laughs> heads are you giving this movie? One to five. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's start with uh, start with Greg. How many Mombi heads uh, are you giving this movie? One to five. <laughs> Two and a half. 
a half a head half a head like a half a head. it's like <laughs> maybe maybe just the maybe just the brain but the rest of it <laughs> oh wow so you're going specific part of the head i was trying to envision like did you go like through the nose cutting off or you went down the middle cutting oh off? i didn't cut all I right just, stop I just, it this is getting gory i don't like it you're gonna have to write all of this down laura <laughs> no mm-hmm. If you do a half, you got to describe to me why it's a half. It's so. half because, and, and the half that I take is the brain because I feel like in a lot of ways it's very brainy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like um, I, the one thing I, I didn't like about it was that, again, and I don't know if I can even escape this is is comparing it to the first movie. You have those performances that are so um, memorable, and I feel like you didn't have those in this movie. I, I really just like TikTok. Everybody else didn't really strike me as a Dorothy did a pretty good job, but I, I didn't find her to be an extraordinarily deep character. So um, overall it just, it felt disjointed a little bit. And that's probably what you were talking about, Rob is the the plot holes. So it's just, it kind of lost me. And and it was funny. I've been the one of the three of us that has given uh, classic movies, high scores, but this one, not so much. I, I definitely did appreciate how well crafted. I won't say enough about that. It was, I thought the, as, as much money as they dumped into making the sets and all the characters. Um, I thought that was worth it because it looked great. Creeped me out as a kid, certainly. Um, but creeped you out now. Mm-hmm. It definitely creeped me out now. And again, and, and there's, but there's something there in the movie though, that I feel like there's an appreciation that I'm not really tapping into. So I am very interested in watching it again, but for now I'm only going to get, give it two and a half. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Can, can me and you, Greg, get some rollerblades and just start skating around and call ourselves the Wheelers? Can we do that? Let's get like I, well, I'm, I'm happy I don't live near you guys then because I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll make something up for Laura. We'll 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 do something with not having heads for Laura or something like that when we when we travel up there one day. Uh, uh, what about you, Laura? How many how many momby heads are you giving this movie? I I have to go back to what we did for Labyrinth. I have to give this two ratings. I have to give it a movie rating and then I have to give it a creepiness, specifically a kid creepiness rating because that is what we did for Labyrinth. And I feel like it's only fair. So as a movie, I got to tell you, I wrote down one and a half before we started this pod and I'm definitely giving it a two just after talking about it. I think that- A half? uh, Yeah, like I think that there's more to it than- what I probably originally got from it. Am I a little skeptical that that's what they were intending? I am still skeptical. Like I, part of me wonders if someone who read the books is going to be like, Hey guys, it totally was two worlds. You're wrong. And then we're going to be like, well then fuck me. This movie sucks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I'm a little skeptical there, (laughs) but on a scale from one to five, as far as like a kid creepiness level, especially comparing it to labyrinth, this is a five out of five. This Ooh, is horrifying. I don't think any wow. kid should watch this unless they're old enough to be watching like, you know, intro to horror things like um, whether that's Beetlejuice or, you know, Twilight Zone, things like that. I, I don't think that this movie is appropriate. It's not. Like like you said, yeah. it should have at least got a PG-13 rating, not a PG. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So wow. so your your initial rating was two, right? So two, yeah, like overall three, movie, I'm gonna two, give it a two. Yeah. Two two mommy heads. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Five mommy heads on the, the the creepy scale for kids. <laughs> I get, nice. don't get. I get, there was a whole debate on labyrinth. There's no debate here. This was horrifying. Yeah. So uh, 
you know, my rating, uh, man, my rating, like Laura said, my rating definitely changed through the pod. Um, I was coming in at a two, I believe. I was coming in at a two. You know, this movie's definitely creepy. It hits the creepy factors. Um, I thought the acting was pretty good in it, especially for the main girl being eight years old. I thought she was solid for a child actor. You know, yeah. the rest of the rest of those people in this movie are either, you know, characters that have voiceovers which is like you can't really say anything about them yeah and you know even like the bad witch and the evil guy you know like they're not horrible you know the only guy that gets to me a little bit is the main wheeler guy because he's so over the top yeah it's a little cringeworthy but that's not enough for me to like take anything away from it Mm -hmm. um but so initially i was going to give it a two but breaking it down and kind of going through saying that this is a whole movie about psyche we hope we hope that this that's this solution um i'm gonna say a three i'm gonna say a three i'm gonna go up a whole point and like i said i'm gonna watch this movie again and just see if it if it lands the same way going through that mindset and i'll probably say it a three but if i watch it with that mindset and it's kind of like okay i still have things i don't like then maybe i'll go back down but i'd say right now i give it a three i give it three uh mumby heads wow you know yeah no halves no halves like greg (laughs) you know greg's greg has a problem with the capitating people's heads i think (laughs) um and if anybody listening like we shout out labra so much in this movie you know, uh, on episode on one of our episodes, episode seventeen, we reviewed Labyrinth, so that's that's why we shout out so much because we reviewed that movie. Also, one of my random Rob's random picks because it's a movie that scared me when I was little. Um, so, if anybody wants to go back and listen to that, go for it. It's, it's a fun episode. You know, me and Laura just argue the whole time about <laughs> is it scary or not. So, um, uh, uh, so it's a good episode. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think you know that's it for the ratings of this movie. Like I said, they might change next week. They might change in a month. We don't know. Um, so keep listening we'll see where these ratings go from this movie but it's definitely not meant for children we all agree there no uh so let's get to movie reveal for next week now so this week is laura's movie pick uh so laura what are you what are you going with next week well speaking of cult classics uh we are about to embark on an awesome month in october of uh a very beloved holiday-themed slasher franchise. I'm sure everyone can guess what that's going to be. So I was trying to think of something that we haven't done in a while. You know, we kind of, we did the zombie thing recently. We're about to do slasher franchise. I'm trying to think of a subgenre of horror that we haven't done. And I just kept going back to sci-fi. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like we've done a whole lot of sci-fi. And this is a movie I've never seen before. Oh, wow. Um, It has strikingly contrasting reviews. People like it or they really hate it, Uh but it's still a cult classic. And I thought that would be perfect. And so my next pick is Event Horizon. Oh, Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Okay. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. You both have seen it? Oh, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. It's a movie. I've never seen it. It might be it might be one of the only movies that is darker than Return to Oz. <laughs> it is super uh, dark. Yeah. Wait, I can't believe you both have seen it. This is blowing my well, mind. Well, it's it's sci-fi That's, more, so I yeah. I've seen it because it's more sci-fi. But uh, fuck. People it, say it's, it's a, like it's horror though. It's, it's sci-fi a, horror. It's a fucked up movie. Oh yeah. It like and I have never seen it, but it seems like um it seems like the thing in space yeah that's yeah, kind yeah. of the vibe i'm getting so i'm really excited to watch it um yeah 
I'm really wow. happy about this pick, wow. Laura. This is a oh, good. great pick because good. I wouldn't peg you for picking the sci-fi pick. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is like a good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow, that's crazy. Good pick, Laura. Good pick. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. I, I like that. That was like, that was like lo- out of left field, too. We didn't expect that, so good Definitely. job. Yeah, I felt like it needed to be after the recent picks. It needed perfect, to be. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, so then, yeah, we'll be doing Event Horizon next week. Uh, definitely going R, going dark, going gore. Ooh, man, this is going to be crazy. Um, yeah, then after that, we're going to our month-long Halloween... I don't know what we're going to call it, conjecture ween or something like that. We're doing like a whole month. <laughs> I don't of- like it. I don't like it. No. <laughs> okay. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'll, I'll, I'll let Laura's handling that month, so she needs to come up with a better name. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Greg didn't like it either. I don't think so. Yeah. I love it. Oh, Greg loves it. Extra <laughs> ween. That'll be the unofficial name. The unofficial name. It's a working yeah. title. Yeah. I was, I was gonna get t- I was gonna get t-shirts made up for that month. So that, okay, all right. no. We don't even have t-shirts of our normal. I know. Why would sure. we- <laughs> it's a special occasion. I thought it was a good, good, good name. Yeah. Man, I worked on that. I worked on that name for like three days too. Dang, I saw. No, you didn't. No, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. You just crushed your hopes. You were like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's funny oh, yeah man. uh yeah so if anybody wants to email us in let us know what other movies we can kind of review kind of after october um you can hit us up conjecturing pod at gmail twitter instagram at conjecturing pod always remember subscribe rate review uh, our podcast wherever you're listening to it from uh this has been the conjecturing i've been rob and laura and greg yeah until next time remember horror subjective so conjecture away see ya bye good night Shit. <laughs>